So, you think you're untouchable? Word life. This, this is Spotlight, the official podcast of Grapple. I'm Beno. I'm Joe. And I'm JP. Oh, it's safe then, Joe. It's, uh, we can do the normal intro. Everything's good. Yeah, back, back to the wall. I'm, I'm leaning back just, just in case. We're all right. We get it all out last um, week. I'm not, I'm not angry this week. I, can't <laughs> I think we're all just too tired this week for it. We're recording on a Tuesday because I've been away all weekend. You've been busy. Have we got the energy mm. for it this week, lads? I've just been at the gym as well and, you know, pounding that treadmill again. So I'm I'm <laughs> feeling well tired, I've got to say. Well, have you been up to I, I even had a little cat nap today. Oh. I managed to sneak in a, like sort of an hour and a half of sleep, which then took me kind of about an hour and a half to wake up from, which mm. will probably. So I'm, I'm feeling all right. I'm ready for half term, which I know is of no use to you whatsoever, Benno. But for us, it's like get in. Could do just do with that sort of bit of a bit of a you know few days off. Great I re- stuff. I remember that that year when we first started podcasting, and like we I think we were we were quite like with maybe every couple of weeks we kind of vague when we were going to do podcasts. And there was a period where yeah, it came to like this time of year, like half term, and you guys just disappeared around Europe for about a month. I was very jealous at that point. Um, was that like know. Ireland and Spain or something like yeah. that? Yeah, yeah, I think there was. I think there was a time I was in Barcelona. Yeah, I can remember this. I have no idea where I was. Sorry. (laughs) And at times then, we used to record in the recording studio at work, which Mm. meant we used to have to try and record earlier on Mm. in the day. So you had to dive back from work. We were staying late. Inevitably, we wouldn't eat. And if people thought we were kind of grumpy now about stuff, (laughs) Jesus, we were like being horrendous moods. Because by the time we'd finished, it'd be like eight o'clock, not eating anything since midday. Yeah, we were, we were yeah, rank amateurs as well, weren't we? At the start, like there were like there were definitely there was one show we lost. It was probably episode two on the indie corner, and then there was like set up a run of several shows where we'd like record half, then you guys would get kicked out the studio, and then we'd record like the second half a week later. Wouldn't get away with that now. Yeah, exactly. They'd completely see through. It seems wild now in hindsight. That's it because we've kind of gotten into this routine. Because mm. even if, while we're doing it late, and given. You know, there's news breaking all the time mm. over various things. Well, like that'll make us angry. That'll get missing us going. a day. Yeah, there's always. Yeah, you know, yeah. That that that'll get us going in some way, shape, or form. I don't want to say now. It's like I'm knackered already before we've even begun. <laughs> yeah. You're in a permanent state of knackered, aren't you? I am. I'll be all right. I'll I'll get through it. Uh, I'm recovering. I was in uh, Edinburgh at the weekend. Uh, went mm. to the uh, the Innocent Gun uh, Brewery slash tap room. I was a big fan. I don't know if you're a fan of the beer, Joe. Have you had it before, Innocent Gun? It's like, uh... Yeah, I wasn't wasn't mad on it. I oh. saw the uh, tap room when I was in Edinburgh, but I didn't I didn't go in. Should mm. I? Yeah. Oh, it's, uh, to be honest, it was a lot like a like a Brewdog kind of uh, vibe. Yeah, I got that impression. That kind of place, but nice, you know, good food as well. Big fan of their beers, to be honest. I think they do good stuff. Um, where where is it in Edinburgh? Because the only time I've well, the only time I've kind of really been around Edinburgh is when I was up there for the. Um, End of the fringe. Mm. You watched Triple year. Mania up there, weren't you? Uh, yeah, I was watching Triple <laughs> yeah. Mania. Yeah, Triple Mania 2018. Yeah. Good shout. I, I was ill. I'd eaten a dodgy breakfast. Like it dodgy fryer. Dodgy fryer. It's just fry ups generally. What non dodgy fry ups <laughs> yeah. you ever had? It played havoc with me. Uh, that uh, day. Fry up in Scotland, mate. Yeah. Mm, the way they do the grease up there. But it was the, it was it was also so I managed to watch all of Triple Mania that time as wow. well. While um yeah, regular trips to the toilet. I'd, I'd um Vampiro on commentary. 
<laughs> so I heard all the of that. Soundtrack to your toilet for trips. Fucking hell! Exactly. It was bleak. Oh. It really was. It's a it's a bleak place to be. Um, but anyway, yeah, I'm assuming that didn't happen to you in your trip to Edinburgh, though. No, although creepily, like I, well, I was sat there in the pub and I got like on Facebook and a notification, and Facebook one knew I was in Edinburgh, which is understandable considering the way data works. <laughs> Two knows I'm a wrestling fan, considering yeah, wrestling, and it was giving me like a targeted advertisement for like a wrestling show that afternoon. It wasn't ICW; it was some rando indie running in Edinburgh. Because I know. Um, one of ICW's big shows, whatever the fuck it's called, was on uh, out in Glasgow that night. Uh, I believe Noam Dar's their new champion. Is that the new story coming out of that? Jesus. Sorry, really? Uh, that story? Apparently. Uh, but I'm glad I wasn't in Glasgow uh, on that night. I would like to go, though. Um, but yeah. Fine. Probably I'll... keeps ICW fans happy. <laughs> not. I, I won't be watching it. Wasn't I in Glasgow and there was some big ICW show as well and I just didn't know about it? I think so. I, I think I saw posters for Shug's it. House Party or oh, something. It took so little. <laughs> yeah. I saw it was like, oh, Joe Coffee on a poster? No thanks. Imagine paying to go and watch Joe Coffee in a main event. I know 6,000 people did and then it was like 4,000 a year after. I kind of feel for them. <laughs> and then 4,000 and 4,000 in black. Fuck me, a lot of people. Too many. 18,000. Too like that's eighty thousand. Too many people have paid money to watch Joe Coffee in main events. <laughs> it really is. Isn't yeah, it? yeah. Uh, I felt I felt like I was going to come into this podcast and say really nice things about Scotland after our previous passion, but uh, ah, Scotland's all right. It was good. I enjoyed it. It was like I, I had a nice visit to the castle, to the zoo, did a bit of wandering around, ate some good food, drank some good beer. It was still a good trip. Saw some of the uh, some of the sights. It was a. Uh, you know, I, again, I can't see. I can see myself going to Glasgow at some point. Can't see myself turning around on Scottish wrestling, but you know, it's all right as a place. Yeah, do you think? Uh, were they still sort of calming down from uh, Drew McIntyre's victory a week ago? When you, uh, <laughs> the street parties were still, still going, going on. on. Yeah, yeah, there was still. You could still see like the remnants <laughs> of it. Although I did see actually because um, Fast and Furious filmed some of their stuff in Edinburgh, and like that was another thing I was doing while I was there, like spotting the different uh, things I've seen from the trailer of places I've seen. But John yes. Cena, when he was out there, apparently went. I can't remember the name of the bar, but I did. I did walk past it. He'd gone into some rando bar on a Saturday night and was doing all kinds of karaoke. I found like a story on like the Mirror website or something. Like that's a that's a proper wrestler site. If I saw John Cena doing karaoke in a bar in Edinburgh, that's a real party. I'd ask to do uh, some John Cena tunes of him. If I'd ask for a bit of basic fungonomics, we'd have a duet. Possibly. <laughs> <laughs> do you reckon you could do all the words? I reckon I could. So, you think you're untouchable? <laughs> Word life. Basic, basic fungonomics. <laughs> basic, basic, basic fungonomics. Word life. I'm untouchable, but I'm forcing you to feel me. Shall I stop there? <laughs> But it's nice to know that you've solved the theme tune music very early on into the show today. There so we go. that's, that's there we go. one less thing to worry about. Uh, stay tuned to the outro for the for the rest of that song. I reckon Joe will get you to do it later. Oh yeah, like a broken needle, kid. You're missing the point. <laughs> <laughs> what, what's your karaoke song of choice, Joe? Um, Girls allowed the promise. One of. <laughs> nice. Yeah, really I did that once. Yeah, me and someone else, and uh, yeah, night went well after that. So it's always been my. Saga choice, but uh, no. I'm trying to think of what else. Um, I've done a few things before, um, but yeah, that one always that one always went down well. Yeah. Zombie by the Cranberry. That should be oh, up there. Fucking hell! <laughs> oh, we've heard, we've heard that, haven't we? Up close and personal, in a shed in the middle of Blackpool. If I can remember that bar correctly, I was going to say. Yeah. I- oh. 
I'm sorry. Good free kick from Oxford United there. <laughs> Two one eighty fourth minute. Oh, I just went to um, I had a package being delivered, and it was getting delivered to the petrol station across the road from Anfield. So I literally waited until the game kicked off, and then headed out thinking it was going to be safe. And I got to the petrol station, got out my car, and I could literally just hear "You'll never walk alone" belting out from Anfield. It's a horrible moment. <laughs> My mate was at Anfield on Saturday for the Saints game. I don't think you'd have got on too well. <laughs> he, he, he has never got the rest of the thing. Still takes the piss out of it to this day. Wow. Uh, yeah, uh, he never got it at all. But uh, yeah, he was in some few pubs around there, and he sent me a picture where they only serve lager. Hmm. Um, in uh, sorry, JP's distracted me, so I can't talk properly. <laughs> sorry, um, I, I, I was yeah. pointing out that the Oxford scorer is Liam Kelly, who's Irish. Cool. That was it. Just just to get that in there yeah. for this week. People so need to know ex, JP. Ex Reading, ex Fairnord. Weird career move. Back to zombie. Um, oh, I can't remember what to say. Yeah, he sent me some picture from some shit pub he was in, full of Liverpool fans in Stone Island gear. He said. And he sent me, uh, he knew I'd be outraged by the beer, and it was just lager. There was nothing else other than lager. <laughs> Not even a token cider, <laughs> token IPA, an ale. Just, it was like Carling, Stella, Peroni, uh, Estrella, which, you know, one of those what? fine imported beers. Heineken. It was, oh, Coors Light. All, all the classics Joe, in there. Honestly, that's, that sounds like a dream because, like, the amount of when I used to have my season ticket at Goodison, what the last time I lived around here, like, on like, there's a pub I think it's called the Carisbrook. I, I, that was where I met the uh, what's that famous Pompey fan called? Uh, oh, John Portsmouth Football Club Westwood. He was on um, BBC News the other day, like the National Again. News, and he wasn't called John Portsmouth Football Club Westwood. It just was John Westwood Bookshop owner. <laughs> he was in his bookshop, which sells maritime books. Um, because apparently they didn't have a customer for an entire day, so they put some big tweet and article out, and he got like the record number of orders and customers at his store the next day or something. <laughs> he had a Pompey hat on, but he wasn't John Portsmouth Football Club. Oh, that's, that's, go. He changed his name by Depot to that. Did he have a top on? Yeah, he did. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, stinks. Yeah, he <laughs> definitely did. Absolutely hums. Definitely yeah. did when I saw. But like the pub I saw him in the carriage, but like when I used to go to the Evan game, it was purely Carling. Like, not just a lager pub, a Carling pub. Like, that's it. <laughs> oh, Carling. Like a social club. That and John Smith's. There's a lot of that in Liverpool, to be honest, at least until, like, the last couple of years when things have started branching out. And yeah, and Estrella Dam sounds uh, fancy to me, to be honest. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I, that, be- that social club near yours that we walked past, Benno, that one mm. looked like that, that would be exclusively Carling. With the little girl playing um, out at, like, half twelve at night. Yeah, that was... Yeah. Uh, that's the Unless one. there's some sort of postmodern thing going on. <laughs> in fact, it's a craft brewery. Yeah. Masquer- masquerading it's right have I been getting it wrong all this time it's not Kirkdale it's Walton it is Walton who's corrected you I've been letting you go with that for a while I don't know it's like I've, I've, I've <laughs> I, feel, I feel insulted you let it go on for as long yeah. as it did Kirkdale's the nearest the train station JP that's all it's uh, the next uh, little town over uh, that's that all. pub near the train station looked shifty as all hell as well. <laughs> You're close enough, though. No, but I was gonna, yeah, I was gonna say as well. I like the other drink front. Like I was at um, TNT's wrestling on Thursday. Like my drinking that night. Like honestly, I'll mention the show later, but I'm not gonna be able to tell you much about it. But like during the show, they were selling their own TNT beer uh, that they've uh, 
I think okay. they've, they've joined up with a oh, what's the uh, the, the, oh, the wrestling uh, beer company? Is it, is it Dead Crafty? I'll find her in a minute. The the TNT beer. Top Rope right Brewer. I think it was Top Rope. Yeah, I think Top Rope are like with them. And you know what? As far as a lot goes, it was decent, and they sold out of the thing as well. Like you know, for wrestling companies, that's a decent idea. I think Riptide have done that, haven't they? They've had like yeah, a yeah. Chris yeah. Brooks theme beer. If you want to sell a few more. Kind of makes sense. Mambo beer as well. Yeah. There's a Chuck Mambo beer. Have you got some, JP? Yeah, yeah. Yep. A Riptide are doing a Brooks. They've done Brooks and Mambo as beers. They might have done others as well, but those are the two that I've had when I've been down there before. Mm. Wow. Yeah, top and it's a really good beer. That's it. It's a really there? good choice, and it's the kind of thing that you're going to be you're going to be well up for kind of having a few of those at least. Oh, yeah. Well, that's, uh, that's the other thing as well. Like, I, I planned the reason I'm so wiped out now and having that at, at the weekend. I had a fucking speed awareness course on Monday night as well. But, like, Thursday, like, was the, like it, was, it was like, you know, when you were up here, JP, when you came a day earlier than Joe and we went to TNT. And I did oh, the yeah. exact same thing as last time in work on Friday morning. Said I was going to go to the wrestling, have a, couple of, have a couple of beers, maybe have one after the show and go home. Found myself on the hula hooch again. Uh, and I went oh. from being the guy who was like, ah, let's, you know what, I'm just going to have a couple of beers. Oh, I'm not having hula hoops. Stop trying to buy me hula hoops to literally buying it myself on the rounds. Uh, yeah, that, 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 that's Jeez. a sign of a, of a night out. Was that, now, was that at the TNT venue or at the crazy house? Oh, carried on into the crazy house, yeah. They went to the, the after party. TNT's after party was on the top floor of the crazy house. We're like... Yeah, I think was it better than the other after party we were at before? Oh, where we just sat around watching retro TNA. <laughs> yeah, that was weird. Yeah, that it was, was. It was better the than TNA that. themed bar in the centre of Liverpool. But it, it was like just like a weird. Did you get a peaky blind? Was it in a peaky blinders? Oh, we, we were at a peaky blinds bar beforehand near the mm. Baltic Market, which has got wrestling. Apparently, they do wrestling shows as well. Yeah, there is a show coming up there. Uh, but yeah, we went to the. Um... We went to the... Peaky Blinders bar. Peaky Blinders is shite. No, no, no. The Baltic Market you'd like. Yeah, Baltic oh. Market's good. But we did go to Peaky's and we went to the Irish bar that you hated, JP. Uh, we stopped in there too. But yeah, the Crazy House was kind of where it got, it, it got hazy because like we were just in the Crazy House and there's like Tony Storm's there for reasons. Like, like she wasn't even on the show. But she's just there. She, I think she. So she, Tony Storm was in the Royal Rumble on Sunday, <laughs> and in the Crazy House on Thursday. What, what the fuck? That's the week of a wrestler in 2020. We were saying, like, imagine like the fa- you know, whatever famous women's wrestler you want to choose from the 19th. Choose like a, a Sable or a Tori Wilson or a Trish Stratus. <laughs> Can you imagine them going from the Rumble to just being in the Crazy House on a mad Thursday in Liverpool with TK Cooper around and fucking. Oh, what's his name? The uh, the deathmatch uh, ICW guy, uh, the one who's a Jack Jester. Bonders, Jack Jester. He's around. Kings of the North are around. It was uh, yeah. There was some uh, interested uh, interactions with them. Like I've got a picture with with Tony where I'm pretty sure she's got no idea I'm in the photo. Uh, I'll probably put that on the episode image. We made Gary had a, a bit of a back and forth with Jack Jester, who was like the worst dressed wrestler I've ever seen. Like I know you're a man who likes his trainees, Joe, but he was wearing these. Oh, these just horrible kind of running shoe pump things with like a pair of tights and a vest in the middle of winter, just wandering around Liverpool like it was normal. Like these wrestlers need to sort it out. <laughs> Gary had a way with it. Was like the st- I can't remember what he said to him. It was something like the state of your trainees. Uh, Jack Chester just <laughs> didn't know how to take it. Jack Chester was well, 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 well the better than your trainers. And Gary's like, no, mate, have you seen the state of your trainers? And he just looked like no one had ever pulled him up on it before. And he just stormed <laughs> off into the Liverpool night. It was a beautiful moment. Mate. Bill Watts would have sacked him for not knocking Gary out. <laughs> that's, the, that's the equivalent of losing a bar fight in 2020. Oh, oh, he was having a go with the Kings of the North as well. Like, I was, he was saying something to them about uh, doing a... 
Do it. I walk carefully, here, JP, because you can correct me. But oh. like a, in a Republican city, doing a, a gimmick mm-hmm. like theirs, is, <laughs> and they were kind of saying, "Oh, it's not political. It's not political. It's just uh, the whole red hand of Ulster thing." Uh, I don't know. What do you reckon? What's your thoughts on? They were. They, they seem to be laughing along with it, but I don't know. I think I feel like yeah, in a different, uh, different world. I think my mates getting knocked out there, or at least getting a, uh, a fight. These modern wrestlers aren't going to step up to the plate, though. Can you imagine if he said it to like Fit Finley around some point <laughs> around like 1980? I think we'll for a fight, but it could happen. Oh, it would it would have got messy. Yeah, it's a dangerous game. But I mean, like because the red hand stuff is kind of synonymous with lots of other stuff, but it's it's on the flag, mm. like and you know it's a big part of like Ulster rugby and stuff like that. It's just you know naturally part part of it. They'd be cat. They'd be they'd know well enough. Mm. to kind of not get involved with it. Although I would say the time we saw them, it'd be the, the best version of the Kings of the North is them in Belfast, seeing them like kind of be cheered on massively as faces. Mm. We saw them against British Strong Style and that wild six man a few years back. Like that's the best version of it. It sounds like TNT, first of all, a lot of death matches. Is that about right? Was there more than one? It was purely it was just a death match show like that that was all it was uh, I, I wasn't gonna get into it first Mate, but, no uh, wonder you can't remember nah, get into it <laughs> no wonder like just if it's just death match after death match what are you gonna remember yeah i mean to be honest you're gonna remember the big spot i had a fucking hell of a time oh but... you probably see too many of them eventually and forget them i bloody would <laughs> no you're right though like if, to be honest i would say like the i don't know there was like a probably a golfing class is probably the easy way of saying it like being there like the you know you you actually you did have like decent death oh it's too old sorry sorry <laughs> 93rd minute equalizer for for oxford oh i'm quite sure he scored it Carry on <laughs> to, 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 you know, drop off in death matches. No, tell us more, JP. Tell us the uh... crowd are on the pitch, loving life. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, a lot of people from market towns around Oxfordshire going mad right now. Steve wow. Bruce not looking happy. <laughs> Established author, Steve Bruce, by the way. Yeah. Great uh, books. <laughs> um, but yes, you were saying drop off in death matches. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was the type of show where like, Okay, you know, you're gonna. The, the whole point of the show was to get Clint Margera over as like winning the TNT's. Like, is he still wrestling? Oh yeah, he's still around. Uh, when I look at Fight Club Pro results, I never see him on the shows anymore. Um... Will Cooling, why is this? <laughs> <laughs> you can you can be the one who can give the us new the statesman's answer, right? Will Cooling. I'll have you know. Yeah, impressive work from Will. Yeah, there. From British right. wrestling to you know. Good political uh, sort of classic newspaper slash magazine. Well, like, done. well done, Will. Impressive his work there. Sorry, Ben, are we keeping interrupting? I, I'm just gutted Will didn't manage to get any politics, uh, sorry, any wrestling into his uh, politics articles. I feel like he could have done a, a nice comparison of like the state of Brit Res and mm. of Rev Pro and Progress. I feel like there, there was a good, uh, good. You've hook just there. given him an idea for his next article. Oh, mate, this I'm is, this, is the, this article's the Trojan horse for mm. us all to get into. I don't know. I'll into be, various left-wing press. Mate, I'll be a private eye soon enough. <laughs> Exposing wrestling. Me and he'll, me he'll, and do it. His lot. he'll casually drop in something about Boris Johnson playing a heel and it goes from there. You know, it kind of writes itself. There's enough analogies. We, we've gone into them a few times. It'd be, yeah, go on, Will. <laughs> anyway, yeah, this DOA show, yeah. It was... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it was, to be honest, like, again, yeah, you're not gonna... You never get a match by a match out of me on, like, a, on a show like this. It was purely just about the spectacle. Again, originally, uh, the Grizzly Young Vets were supposed to be on the show, but they got pulled for, for NXT. 
So, like, as far as, like, actual wrestler matches, the Kings of the North and the Anti-Fun Police was a thing. Uh, I don't, I really don't, I think, the more I think about it, I think this this show would really be, like, your your actual nightmare, Joe. Um, but, yeah, I would say, like, the likes of Jack Jester, you know, he looked fine. Session Moth Martina was taking Mate, some... If Jack Jester looks fine, then this must, the stand of this show is terrible. <laughs> For a death match, though, Joe. For a death match. absolute shit. <laughs> yeah. I've got no barometer it's, on what a good death match is. It's got a Fight Club Pro vibe when you go there. Yeah. So in other words, I've yeah, been the, the venue. Oh, no, no, but in terms of TNT itself. Oh, oh yeah, because right. you, you can't see fuck all. Like, you're literally yeah. just, yeah, especially, yeah, standing venue. You're like, but, fuck it, I'm on a session. You know, like, so, it's, it's the type of show so you where you get a good standard position for Jack Jester. Well, it's the type of show where, like, you'd go... It's a bit like when we went with the Tetsujin and we ended up just reviewing the toilet rather than the actual show itself. Like, a deathmatch <laughs> show is, like, that times ten. Because the problem is you want to get close, but you don't want to get too close because there's glass and light tubes and weapons flying all over the place as well. Um, but, yeah, it is purely just about having a drink and it is purely about the big spots. Like, I did think... Like, Session Moth Martina and Jimmy Lloyd had a, had a format. I think Session Moth Martina actually you know, blading and, go- and going for it and willing to do, like, the deathmatch type of stuff, uh, especially with somebody like a Jimmy Lloyd in there who I know wasn't your favourite wrestler last uh, WrestleMania weekend, JP. Uh, I thought that was genuinely impressive. <laughs> Charlie Evans and Ricky Shane Page wasn't quite as uh, as good, but, again, Ricky Shane Page is another one who he does this stuff for a living. And I do think, like, yeah, that while as British deathmatch guys who try and catch up, and, like I just said, the women who try and keep up, Really, it, it was them too in doing, you know, whether you like deathmatch wrestling or not, whether you're, you're into the, the stupid spots and power bombs through panes of glass and nonsense into its corners through panes of glass and, and just the horrible, horrible stuff that does happen in deathmatches that I'm sure I'm not selling you on. As far as like people who are actually good at it, timing it out and getting like the maximum reaction from fans, I would say, yeah, it was quite clear Ricky Shane Page and uh, and Jimmy Lloyd were a cut above everybody else. But I would still say it was it was worthwhile doing and it did make for like a, a very, very different show than uh, than uh, maybe what I'm, I'm used to seeing live. It sounds pretty wild and it's... I. And they've got quite a rabid fan base as well, haven't they, TNT? Mm. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, there's a... It's kind of gone from being, like... I think it's embracing what it is. It's the goth Mm. promotion. It's the Crazy House promotion. Like, literally having the the after party, like, at... Like, a a, a former rock venue, which is now, what is it? The the Electric Warehouse. Uh, You know, they, they do kind of lean into that what they are really which is like the black t-shirt squad kind of you know now bloody extreme like 90s kind of stuff but they do also like this was one show but like you know coming up david Starr and eddie kings that are on their next show they got the the, the sharing a few flyings with wxw for their big weekend Uh, like as far as like a night out goes uh, for wrestling like with brit res being what it is right now these are shows happening in the middle of town in the middle of liverpool city center where i can just head in and see, you know, a David Starr on my doorstep, seeing Eddie Kingston, see a deathmatch tournament, the likes of which, you know, I've never been at live before other than, you know, the, the one death house at a, a Fight Club Pro. Uh, they are, you know, quietly just doing, again, just provide that kind of, that night out wrestling the Fight Club Pro do that again. I could just feel uh, how much you'd hate it, Joe, as you probably hear me talk. 
Yeah. <laughs> was David was David Starr uh, muddling in with his shite again? Was no, he? he wasn't. He wasn't. He thought he wasn't in the crowd Good. with uh, with Tony Storm and Martina knocking back beers. Okay, I thought you meant he was on the show when you mentioned his name. There. No, he's right. coming up. He's coming up. He's coming up. So he was good in the show. Spike Trevay, though, he cut a really good like heel promo in the show. Like he's just a. I I was tempted to get a photo with him just to get a photo of one of the uh, the many men who've blocked me on Twitter uh, for being gotten to. But aside from all that stuff, <laughs> I do still rate Spike Trevay. Uh, when he and when he gets on the mic in in a place like this and like in front of an adult crowd like a Liverpool crowd, I think he is really good. And he again, he's up for like the death match stuff as well. Um, yeah, overall, like car must must have earned his stripes, and eh? death up for death matches. Well done, clap clap clap. <laughs> I, I hate that. How that's like not weird. Is it? You can tell it's a thing like amongst the boys as well. Like you can really can. I, I uh, oh, you're up for going for a pane of glass. Oh. Well, go you. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> fuck off. Yeah. It, it feels like like the best way to take it in is the fact of, like, if you're doing a weekender mm. of wrestling, and if you're doing a weekender of wrestling, it's like, well, do you know what? You can go to Liverpool and then go out in Liverpool afterwards mm. and go and, go and yeah, have a look. I'd absolutely do yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. The weekend it, the show. Where, it, where it fits in with it was, like, kind of perfect for that. Yeah, I don't know if I'd be... I was an awful, I was an awful state that day. Yeah, I don't know if I'd be watching the show, I'm not going to lie, but I'll probably yeah. have a good time while I'm there. Yeah, there you go. And yeah. I'll probably be nicely catching up with you, Gareth, I, and the other lads s- up there. Something, though, and we spoke about this a while ago, there was a big announcement on this show, wasn't it? Mm. And it was one of the things we'd spoken about I think they're holding a tournament of death over here in the UK. I saw. Yeah, yeah DJ oh, High popped up on screen. Like, all, pretty much all my mates together were like, this isn't happening. If you know anything about DJ High and CCW, this isn't yeah. happening. But I hope it does. If it happens in Liverpool, you guys can come up. We can, JP, you can... You can a tournament do- of death? <laughs> well, we were saying we were going to send JP, weren't we, to, uh, to Delaware? He doesn't have to go to Delaware, Delaware anymore. Fuck it out. Whereas we could just be watching horrific deathmatch wrestling in a field in Birkenhead. Yeah. Basically. You and you could be drinking the hula hooch and waking up with the hula shits like I did the next day. <laughs> Have a great time. <laughs> They'll probably get the coronavirus if they're up in the Wirral. They don't want to go Birkenhead. Always possible, up, mate. Uh, Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, they picked him up from RAF Bryce Norton, which is kind of near oh. where me and JP work. So, you know, it's gone from... Uh from us down here, Ben Oti, you up there, mate. Did you see the photo of like the the, the scientists and that coming in like in full did, on yeah. like masks and gear and the little scouts dude like, or, or Birkenhead dude, whatever it is, driving the bus in his red jumper <laughs> yeah. and that tie, just like ah, I don't need any of these masks or any of these body suits. I'm sound. I'm all right, lads. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, he's, I, I quite admire that. It's like it's like the mentality of like a you know. Wearing a night, wearing a coat on a night out in Newcastle. It's like, nah, or what Jack Jester wears stuff. out in Liverpool. Yeah, <laughs> not a well dressed man, I've got to say. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I had a fun night. Didn't expect to start with that, but yeah, it was a good laugh. Definitely not the uh, the lead story that we're going to get into this week. So we should probably uh, get on with it. Uh, I don't mm-hmm. know. Where, where do you want to start, lads? Do you want to start with the WWE signings we've seen these last couple of days? There's a uh, Probably some it probably feeds in well to uh to kind of what we talked about last week. We had a heavy WWE show last week. I don't know if uh Edge and Randy Orton uh, sold out here on that match anymore. I thought that raw segment was cracking. Uh, interesting week we do the B start on all that stuff, ending it with the uh the stock market crash, uh, and also ending with uh crushing some of our hopes and dreams and signing signing some wrestlers that just like. Ugh, 
just this was for me this was the tip of the iceberg this was the point where i was like oh for fuck's sake lads this was the sorry the tipping point where it was just like for fuck's sake lads if you're going to be signing like literally babies out of the womb if you're going to be signing people who like haven't had their run yet like what's even left here Uh, i don't know where we start with all the wwe stuff uh like i said jp i'm out of it your dealer's choice which you reckon i was gonna say i haven't watched i refuse to watch randy orton and like (laughs) it was good you know come a point where i may look at a little bit of it in the um like if i'm watching mania and it's on early enough on the card that i'll watch the kind of promo package around it i did hear something like the opening segment of raw last night was 14 minutes of him and i just thought Abs- <laughs> yeah. Absolutely not. And he's like <laughs> every he level. Say anything about yeah. Yeah. No. I, I couldn't think of anything worse on that front. So, in terms of the signings, I don't. I tell you where I am with it. I'm like almost completely cold. It's like I expect it, hmm. and there's like a kind of almost patterned response that follows it as well, where you have to go with the proviso of. Obviously, this is a good deal for wrestler X having signed <laughs> this contract. That, yeah. However. The reason why some of us don't like this is to the overall detriment of the scene because it's being signed to a company who doesn't need them and doesn't use them. And you kind of you kind of think to yourself, well, he could be a trainer. And then you go, do you know what? Baron Corbin came out of that performance center. It's not like he was working intensely with Chris Hero and the kind of build up to kind of, oh, we need to get this guy on there. So whatever they learn in the performance center wouldn't mean fucking jack shite anyway. So where I am with it is completely cold. I almost expect it that they're going to chuck silly money to to people, which they might just be thinking, do you know what, for two, three years I can do this. Who did they sign again? Remind me, I saw it, but I might... I, oh, I um, Handy Handy Floss, uh, yeah. Pretty Deadly, which was just like... You know, yeah, like, well, I was enjoying Quilden's podcast oh, for weeks, yeah. doing going for, like, plans... And he was like, well, pretty deadly, but, you know, whatever. And he was basically slagging them off. Yeah, he was like... And not seeing the bigger picture and going, oh, my God, WWE contract, mate, fuck. Get there. <laughs> this is WWE. Is, you know, that was a terrible accent, I know. But uh, I like to think that my reaction yeah. and my impression of the reaction was close to what they oh. probably reacting like when they saw it's like wwe on a contract it's like, i was talking about tim thatcher by the way not the, oh, the kind of well, british ones where there was some bloke on there who joe in our group chat probably was it levi someone never heard of him it's like <laughs> no idea this guy is but yeah. he looks like he's in shape literally straight out the womb though like it's like yeah. that that one winds me up and we will get into thatcher because that's why we up today as well even with some of my friends on twitter but like pretty deadly just fucking they turned are, up they think they that is the one where it's like you, you you don't actually want wrestlers to show like any kind of sign that they might have something do you know what i mean you don't want people yep. to even impress slightly because they're gonna get snapped up like pretty deadly i enjoyed them on the progress shows i saw joe you mentioned you didn't like them the first time but the second time you saw them you you're a little bit more sold on them oh, but we I could all see well before they were really good we could, like, we could all what see they were there's potential, couldn't we? That's the thing. You could see there's mm. potential there. Bit of a run on the indies. Pretty boy tag team. Lower mid card. Let's see what we can do with them. And I did think it was suspicious when they were doing all those NXT UK tapings as enhancement talent. And I thought it was really fucking weird when Quilden started using them on RevPro shows because it felt like a given that this was going to happen. But it just gave Perhaps me that he was trying hope. to show them there was something else out yeah. there, possibly. There yeah. was another route. 
it gave me that false hope exactly yeah it made me think oh well maybe they'll they'll want to stick around on the indies maybe they are sticking around on the indies and they're not the biggest loss from brute res of course they're not but again they've shown the kind of potential it just means you get snapped up immediately and it makes you almost not want to see people do that you can't you just can't get attached to anybody at this point because they've gone they've gone to the nxt uk warehouse fuck knows what they will actually do with them whether they'll even get a run on tv and even if they do who's gonna give a fuck but they could have been a really fun staple tag team in brit res this year and that's just another you know not a game changing thing but another fun thing from the cards we could have seen in 2020 gone well another nice one i enjoyed as well the quilden had a little shot at and i recommend listening to those um nxt uh what is it like nxt what could have been or something where mm. he goes over all of the wwe uk nxt uk talent that got signed up and what he was going to do with them really good podcast the eddie dennis stuff i loved i thought it sounded like a great ending i'm gutted it didn't happen because i was really into the eddie dennis storyline the losing streak and that's the best eddie dennis has ever been and i think it's the best he's ever gonna be at this point in time but he took a little shot quilt and did a kid as well and i was like yeah rightly so like there was so much more for a kid to do and to give and i'm sure that they got him and went Spain is a new market that we want to conquer. We see you as being intrinsic mm-hmm. to our journey into the Spanish market. And I'm sure he to felt promote our like brand. a sinker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And went for it as a result of that. Mm. And it's a shame that, you know, they've got the powers of manipulation when it comes to these young people. And they've got three letters that still seem to mean a hell of a lot to those wrestlers as well. What I will say is I think that uh, more wrestlers should follow the example of a guy like Gabriel Kidd, who uh, got the best seat in the house at Wrestle Kingdom this year. I was well jealous of that. Living my dream, he was Gabriel Kidd there at ringside. And he got to wrestle on a New Japan show this week. And it looks like from the way they planted seeds, they're going to do something with him over a long, long period of time of him as a young boy. I mean, he's going to go somewhere. And you know what? I bet that Gabriel Kidd was offered one of these Mark contracts. I absolutely guarantee he yeah. was. I don't, I've got no evidence of that whatsoever. But I'm sure he had the foresight and the understanding of, nah, what's the point in going there and doing jack shit? Not being seen as a serious guy. I'm going to bet on myself and I'm going to take a different route with this because this isn't me. And it's unfortunate that a lot of the guys are just, well, I keep saying it, fucking marks. Yeah, yeah. I've never been a, I've never been a proponent of that word, but it's come last year. Nor or have so. I until NXT UK came. <laughs> that's, the, and that's the thing. As, as soon as those progress blokes who, yeah, all right, it's a sort of hard choice when WWE come along and stuff and you know the money mm. and you know they're going to come into the market anyway. But the mark that they've shown for those three fucking letters has been unbelievable. Mm. And they were the first example when everything's kind of trickled down from there. And you know what? Quilden and Simmons on their excellent podcast are always talking about like old school WWF stuff. Always talking about it. They grew up with that product, loved that product. There was an offer there for Quilden. He saw better. He saw a sunnier day on the horizon. A, a day where he didn't have to deal with, I don't know, Triple H and Regan and all the rest of the bloody... Uh, well, jumped up idiots who like to sell this product to something it's not. And he knew what was going to happen. And you know what? Good on the bloke. Top bloke for turning it down, continuing plowing away with what he's doing. A lot of shit for it as well. A lot of his guys take it away. But you know what? I'm on the payroll, so I put the man over while I'm talking and <laughs> say, good man. Yeah, and we can good criticize him a little bit later as well. But on that point, he was uh, he was ahead of the game. Like, I was listening to that podcast doing the, the Aldi shop. 
uh, doing a little uh, a run around there and just laughing at yeah the uh, the A kid segment and him maybe slightly being un- unwilling to say exactly where Pretty Deadly were going even if we all knew it uh, yeah and and it's just kind of the thing is though lads we should we should be careful because you know we should just are we not happy to see the lads making money like uh, are we just begrudging people putting food on their table is that not the uh, the counterpoint well, to uh, to what we're saying JP that's a uh, that's all I've been hearing on Twitter this week oh I. Yeah, I I see and hear this this stuff a lot. People say are, people genuinely mean it when they say it. People genuinely think you can boil down any criticism to these people signing like a Travis Banks and wasting the next couple of years of his career, or you know another name we're going to mention in a minute. Waste you know, but go into a place that's probably not going to use them best. You can just boil it all down, J. Peter. We just don't want the lads to make money. That's all it is. We're not bothered about the European scene or right. you know what what they could do bit more fulfilling or 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 a better careers doing. Uh, we don't want to make money, JP. Okay, what was okay when I first started watching wrestling? When I was WrestleMania six, I didn't sit in a main event and go, <laughs> "Fucking hell, I hope Hogan gets the motherfucker of all paydays." Hope he's on a mill. I'll be genuinely made up for him if he does. <laughs> if anybody was expecting that kind of reaction from me, that was never going to happen. The idea of people signing contracts and choosing to go who they, who they work for is kind of like, well, it's free will. They, they have that choice. It's fair enough. It's Yeah, it's exactly fair enough. And, and there are personal circumstances for people on here. But at the same time, we see what this is, what in essence is being signed up for. And part of the problem of signing the contract is telling us, no, 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 you're wrong about NXT UK. And it's like, well, if you were touring everywhere in all small venues, so all of the country were getting to see these wrestlers working all throughout the week... Whereas the only way you're going to get seen working throughout the week is if you're breaking to an industrial estate in Enfield. <laughs> like, it's it's like so much of it is kind of, there's a series of tapings and then it disappears and then there's the odd shot in kind of, in indie promotion. I think it's an insecurity on the part of those that have signed with them as well and like the progress guys going on as well because they kind of know and they've got to defend it constantly mm. and try and justify their decisions. And you know what? Fair enough. That's what they want to do. I understand that, uh, you know, selling out, uh, if you're a Jim Smallman, where, you know, you promoted punk rock pro wrestling for years, and now you're trying to, you know, act as if people who want independent wrestling or punk rock style pro wrestling to continue and want the scene to be healthy are in the wrong for begrudging the boys. But I'm not in it for the boys. What I'm in it for is a healthy wrestling scene where wrestlers are good wrestlers get better and there's not this big monolith company that are in the market simply because they believe that they are wrestling and no one else is allowed to be wrestling and essentially they don't really care to have indie talent develop unless it's under their watch at this point it seems to be so you know what massive shame that um yeah it's like the reality of the company that they're signing for is something that can't be mentioned yeah. and what they are like, and in terms of the benefits and everything else in it. And that's not to say that people haven't improved by being able to be a full-time wrestler and and kind of in terms of training, but their improvement aren't things that we get to see a lot on television. Do you like the idea of jo- Jordan Devlin becoming a, a better wrestler? It's not something we're seeing WWE. week in and week out. I mean, I would say that the being able to be paid for it and perhaps a little bit of a kind of finishing stuff might have w- would have helped in his matches in OTT. I'm not saying he would become dramatically a better wrestler as a result of it, but the issue is is that you we're not you're not going to see him very often. Although at the minute, like, was he on NXT this week? Last, yeah. last week, JP. Two hundred five live this week. It's okay, coming up. So it's coming up. 
So they're going along. They they're going to be doing this kind of major push of him. Are they really? Because that's this was the other thing I thought about the takeover show last week. Is it seemed to be a kind a sort of takeover that when worlds collide, it was like, look, this is where you could get to. You could wrestle on this type of a card in a massively tarped arena. Do you know what I laughed at? I saw that he got this like standing ovation for returning to Fight Club Pro with a 205 <laughs> Light Championship. What a joke. When Osprey won the best of the Super Juniors and got that rapturous applause and amazing reception the week afterwards at your call, mm. that was amazing. It was a really like touching moment because mm. it was one of our own. It was well and truly on his way. And look at what Will Ospreay has touched since mm-hmm. then. Fucking gold is what he's touched. <laughs> and he's gone from strength to strength in the best wrestling company in the world. Oh, yeah. The, the best wrestling. Mm. And he has matches with some of the best wrestlers in the world. The high-end, critically acclaimed matches. Jordan Devlin, in three years, if you tell me he's going to be doing anything other than NXT UK, he might be doing a bit of NXT proper, then lol. Because well, it's not going to happen. I, I he's not going to be any better off in terms of his position in this company. And people who are fooling themselves with this, like, you, free letters, fuck. Title in a company with free letters. Titles don't mean anything there. You, they are simply, as to quote Vince Russo, props. And he's got a prop for a few months. And he got a prop because they wanted to do a title change, I imagine, on a show where they do a title change for title change's sake. Sorry, Wait. I know you want to go, JP, but I need to interject yeah. here before you go. Just, I've, got a, I've actually got a news update on what you're saying there, Joe. Somebody who was at the Fight Club show, show this weekend, Phil Jones, sent me a message saying that apparently Devlin was Phil charged... Phil Jones? Yeah. <laughs> Not the Phil Jones. Turned down his uh, testimonial this year, didn't he? Because he thought no one would turn up. <laughs> I think it's a different <laughs> Phil Jones, but you never know. Uh, Phil Jones, 77 <laughs> on Twitter. He said Devlin was charging a tenner a photo to get a picture with the Cruiserweight belt. But get this, if you get a picture with Scotty Davis instead on the Progress Tag Titles, the photo is free. Love it. Gotta be, nothing wrong with being a carny in 2020. So he's going to make his money back just on 205 <laughs> Live Mark posters. Oh, <laughs> that's, that's disappointing. I thought that was great to I be honest. <laughs> I, I was just going to say, and it is kind of like one of the bigger points on this about why we're kind of not happy for the boys. And I think it's it's fundamentally, I think, at times when wrestlers don't kind of understand these podcasters. These podcasts are intended for fans. And also, stop a sec, the term the boys. We aren't the fucking boys. Yes. There we are. They're we're in that circle. Oh, they're like, yes. Come on. I imagine the boys fucking hate me, if they, and I know some of them have listened to this and probably do fucking hate me. And I've, we've had comments back before all the rest <laughs> of it. Yep. Uh, yeah. Oh, oh there's someone I've got comment regarding people well, and uh, us in a minute, but come but back. I, to I, but I was going to say, in, in in terms of it, it's intended for fans and fans' points of view. And I know something's going to come up later on in terms of travelling costs and stuff like that, that 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 kind of can make some things difficult. But it's the kind of lack of understanding about the sort of time effort um financial investment that people make in terms of going to shows and when you see people being signed up for a product that isn't very rarely on is completely lackluster in its booking and you're expected to like it because the people who you watched in these other venues are making more money it's just like what do you take me for they run like at that his... point, it's just like you're insulting my intelligence Mate, they run in because his... I'm, I'm meant to be like sort of like following you know I'm not a fucking South Korean schoolgirl following a K-pop band. All right. It's not going to happen like that. I'm not suddenly going to start like, you know, the idea of someone getting a bigger and better contract. Yeah, good for them. And also, they run in front of 600 people in Hull. Yeah. I'm sure a good indie that's promoted well could get 600 people through the door 
in Hull. Well, we're going to be talking about two guys having a match of the night, two British wrestlers for a British title having a match of the night on a a card in front of thousands in Sapporo. It's ridiculous. One thing I was going to say regarding the boys, I've got a feeling, based on that Quilden NXT Rev Pro podcast we were talking about, I think that... uh, Remember he's talking about Travis Banks showing him that... uh, Glenn Joseph sending him that result. Do you remember that bit? Yeah. Glenn Joseph screenshot. That was me. I'm sure that was me because I was doing results on that show and I put something like, I remember putting like uh, Rob Lias pins or whatever, uh, progress Progress champion champion. Travis Banks in two minutes. I I remember putting that and then when he's talking about how he showed Quilded the text that Glenn Joseph sent him, I just, I was like, ah, you know what, that's pretty hilarious. (laughs) I managed to play a role in that, yeah. (laughs) So, you know, I win in the most minor way possible. <laughs> Congratulations, Joe. You deserve it. Uh, well done. What about that? But yeah, I mean, on all of this, like, the, I think the the thing for me that it is, it's the straw of the boat, the camel's back. It's it's Tim Thatcher allegedly signing today, and like, yeah, historically, I can't say I, I can't say for me, I couldn't care less if I'm honest with you. It well, makes no difference to me. The thing is with Tim Thatcher is. He's the person who you could look at and say, there's no, uh, and I don't want to steal James East Thunder because you're going to get a heck of a rant on this on BWE on Friday. Oh, yeah. But the thing with Tim Thatcher is he's a wrestler who doesn't wrestle, but he wrestles his style, doesn't he? He doesn't wrestle a WWE style. And his style, like, I know that's not for you, Joe. And a, a lot of the time, it's not been for me. It's mainly been for me when I've seen him in Germany live uh, with mm. the odd match. Oh, you know, I agree the, with that. The, the Walter match in progress that I really liked. I know you weren't a fan of that one. But, you know, there's something about what he does. He. His say, he's a certain style of wrestler that's completely foreign to the WWE system. And for someone like him, like Tim Thatcher of all people, to be to be signed away to WWE. And it sounds like he's going to NXT proper if he's not going to have some kind of player-manager role, which is kind of what my first inkling is. At least he's not going to NXT UK. But it just kind of shows the point that no, no matter who it is, anybody can be signed at any point, even if it's a Tim Thatcher who won... You would think the style he likes to work, he would prefer to do the way he does. It's always sounded like he's preferred to, you know, march by the beat of his own drum and do his own style outside of WWE. Two, I don't think WWE going to have a fucking clue what to do with him. Like the rest of the grapple fuckers, like the likes of Drew Gulak and Biff Busick, who was a little bitch moaning on Twitter a couple of months ago about how... Was, Catch point once reunion. Get out, once they get out of WWE, remember, JP? Uh, and then uh, and then re-signed the contract. Like, but yeah, I suppose you could do a Catch Point reunion on 205 live maybe let's do that uh, but you know what I mean they've never they've not shown that they're ever going to be able to book a wrestler like that and they've not there's no reason I can see that it that it's going to work on WWE TV so for everybody who's going to come out and say yeah well you know you should be happy for Tim Thatcher he's 36 he's worked on the indies for a long time he's the type of guy who when they get signed it's like the gold watch at the end of the career and again like you said at the start JP that's a given okay cool I'm happy that, that Tim Thatcher's going to get some money and he's going to get a yeah. steady contract. But even if I'm not happy, even if I don't care, like we said, about what wrestlers make, even if you don't care about that point, you can still, and even if you do care, you can still simultaneously hold the point of view there. One, oh, I'm sad I'm not going to get to see Tim Thatcher wrestle a style he wrestles 
on the shows that I like seeing him on. And two, I'm sad that he's going to that shit all of a company, WWE. And the most likely scenario is, is they're going to do fuck all with him. Uh, and maybe as a hope, you might get like the odd shot on TV. And at worst, I think that's all we'll say, you know, at worst, he just doesn't get used at all. Like it's fair enough to simultaneously hold those opinions. It's just because you're supposed to be happy that somebody's making money and is getting a contract. Doesn't mean from a fan point of view, and like you said earlier, we are a fan podcast. You can't give the fan opinion that, yeah, this is a bit shit for fans that even a Tim Thatcher with his extremely non-WWE personality and style has now been snapped up by by WWE like the fucking rest of them. Yeah. And, you know, as I was saying earlier on with this, it's what is the motivation for them signing him? Is he someone they feel that they desperately need to have in there? Even as a trainer? No. They've multiple versions of Trainer I can forgive what? a bit more though, JP. Trainer yeah, I can that's, do. What, that's I, gonna be my question. Is he signed as a talent I, or is he a, like a well, coach I think at the moment at the moment there's sort of nothing announced. Yeah, he was seen at great. the performance center. That, that, that was what I it. wondered. And if it's like a regular paycheck mm. where he's at the PC doing what Chris Hero's doing every day. And he's feeling his body's going a little bit. I sort of get that a little bit more. Because let's think about mm-hmm. it. Who have WWE also got a relationship with? WXW. Well, Where's yeah. he most over? There. Is he going to get to do stuff with that? Possibly. I don't know. So that's yeah. the way I was sort of thinking about it. I, I don't begrudge him. At no, all. I, no. I don't, I don't for that. It's just that you're going to have him up there as a trainer. Given what the Performance Centre actually produces... The, the end product that comes out as a result of it. What's the point? I'm not sure, like, it, in a sense, hiring people up as trainers, the kind of training that he would provide, do you really think that's what they want in their wrestlers? I think that's well, what like, some of the... Robbie Brookside. Some of the coaches like, a, lot of the, a lot of the trainers they have at the PC. Robbie Brookside, Norman Smiley. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think of some of the others. Hero. Uh, a regal, I'm assuming, does stuff there. Like, a lot of the coaches they hire, Sarah Del Rey, they wouldn't even let go on TV because she wasn't, like... Didn't fit the visual, like whatever they needed for her. Sarah Delray is really attractive, if you ask me. I've always thought that. I couldn't believe it when I heard that. But she's never been on WWE mm. TV. She's there as a trainer as well. She was mm. a great wrestler. But these coaches they have, I don't see any WWE style and what they did. Brookside never even wrestled for the company. Yeah. Like they, they seem to hire people based on what they can teach guys fundamentally. I mean, it's almost like the other stuff in terms of implementing the style. Right they go and find later on. So the makeup of guys there, it's yeah. not as if they've got like, a, I'm trying to think of somebody who'd be quintessentially WWE style from years back. Uh, no one's coming to mind. Matt Capitelli. There you go. <laughs> okay. Is he still alive? Was he no, he died. He died a few years shit? back, yeah. I'll take that one back. Um, what's I'm just his trying name? To think Austin, what's his name OVW. from Evolve? What's the guy they just Austin signed? Austin Theory. Austin Theory. That's a very WWE yeah. signing. It is. And it's like, but that's what they want in a wrestler. Because ultimately, one man wants that in a wrestler, doesn't he? And that's the prototype of what they're going to kind of ultimately try try and go for. And anyone, anything else that kind of differs away from that, they dislike. I mean, isn't Dave Taylor a coach there as well? Yeah, like, yeah. They seem to have convinced themselves that these British guys make for the best coaches. Yeah, yeah. Full of British talent, but hmm. I don't know. Robbie Brooks, Johnny like, Saint as well. Every obviously. time I've seen Robbie Brooks on wrestle, I've been bored to tears. So you know. <laughs> and I'm sure Vince would be as well. Yeah. It's like Triple H collecting toys that he knows he's not going to play with. Uh, exactly. With no real forethought as to whether these... Because you say Vince is never using these wrestlers and they're never getting past that NXT point. I just don't get it. Uh, but I think I do think part of it is an emotional reaction because part of it is just like, 
you know, even this can't be sacred, even Tim Thatcher, who again mm. is someone at, at times I can give or take. I'm a lot hotter on him now than I was, say, two years ago. But, you know, he's not my favourite wrestler in the world, but it's just like, even, if even Tim Thatcher could be compromised, what the fuck have we got less? What's the point in investing ourselves in this European wrestling? And he's not even a European, but investing ourselves in this European wrestling scene. I think we're past the point now where that's even a question, though. Shall I give you a clue? Go on, mate. Don't bother. I haven't for a long time. <laughs> we need to be more like the Japanese, Joe, and close ranks like uh, like they did. Uh, oh, they, they, you know what? But, but what I'll say for that is fair play to them. They did a great job of doing that, and a lot of respect for that as well. But wrestling culture here has been dominated by WWE for the last 30 years. Mm. Um, so, like, what wrestling is here to most people is WWE. Whereas in Japan... It's not that. In Mexico, it's not that. They had their own cultures they were able to continue for that long period of time. And unfortunately, you know, the culture here was weird shows at fairgrounds and camps that, you know, I would have walked into as a 10-year-old and gone, fuck this, this ain't cool at all, and walked straight back out because it wasn't WWE. So I completely understand it from a Japanese point of view, but... As much as I don't like it, I almost kind of get it from the British standpoint because we haven't had that culture established really in the current uh, era to do that. What I'd say is a massive shame is it felt like a culture of that was to some degree being established and that we were coming and going somewhere when it comes to that. And it feels like WWE is coming to town and just destroyed what felt like it was going somewhere. As a seven-day it wrestling industry. Yeah, 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 and then you know, that's a, that's the shame of it, if anything. Because mm. like, the thing in Japan as well is that you know, although we're not talking huge companies, we're talking companies that are getting corporate interest. What's the company? Is it Cyber Agent JP that is Cyber Agent taking yeah. over? No, uh, taking over Noah. Noah, and they already own DDT. Is that the story? That's right. They also own Tokyo Joshi and another program called Ganbari. Mm. It's like part of their general portfolio yeah well, you know your stuff about them mate. i've been reading a fair bit about it because well, it's, JP, a, it's a genuinely it fascinating it? well You've it's been on the gambari it, it's yeah, <laughs> been on the gam, gambari it sounds dodgy doesn't it oh say, fuck uh, newcastle have scored four minutes at the end of extra four minutes from the end of extra time but so i do like I'll so yeah if i don't sound as into this um uh deal with uh cyber agent buying noah that'll be why it's because of uh, Saint Maxime scoring a quite frankly very good goal. Yeah, so that, so basically, what's happened is like Noah's owned by a company called Lidet. Um, they were more about kind of sports advertising, but they weren't remotely equipped to kind of deal with it on a kind of financial level. Noah's had a year of improvement; the houses are up, but not to a kind of any substantial degree. The money problems that have been there for a long time was kind of still there. But effectively, they're they're gone now. It was something that was in. But it was what's fascinating about it is, and there's, um, I would, I'd, I'd say for people have a listen to um, Alan Farrell's podcast with um, Hisame, who's like a kind of Noah expert based in the UK, who's done podcasts on the history of it, of like Miss Sour and what it means, and it's you know really good stuff. But um, it's the fact that as soon as WWE expressed an interest here again. It was just like ranks were closed incredibly quickly for this. Hmm. And it was like, that's not something that's an option. And I think partly because they see the European scene here. They've seen what happened. They've seen that fundamentally it's the scorpion you're letting on your back. 
and then one that get fucking surprised when they bite you and kill your company ultimately. And you, and then in a few years down the road, you go, oh, we were onto something good, and then they came along and kind of killed it. And they can see through it because I've said it, I haven't said it for a while. They know their history. They know their wrestling history. They don't believe the bullshit documentaries and stuff like that. They don't fall for the Monday Night Wars bullshit narratives that fall around that as well. They see what they're like. They see the predatory tactic, the idea that the acquisition of talent is not to benefit that talent necessarily. It's to stop other people from using that talent in a more beneficial way because they will make money out of it. And as Joe said earlier on, it's about that sort of psychopathic need for controlling each aspect of wrestling and earning all money from wrestling as well and and being very disparaging about it. But in case, sorry, to go back onto the Noah DDT thing, it's they've already kind of got a structure in place. There's, in terms of crossover, obviously they're two entirely different companies with two entirely different styles and they're not trying to kind of cross it over. Whereas obviously a WWE will go into any of these Japanese companies and effectively say, uh, you know, this is the style we do. They, you know, they will just impose it as their kind of generic house style. Um, whereas here, Noah kind of gets to be Noah. You can have some interesting matches involving Takashita. If you're a Chris Brooks at the minute, being with DDT is not the worst place in the world to be. And if you're Chris Ridgeway being with Noah, mm. there's a possibility of a few extra shows you're going to get in there and a bit of extra exposure. Mm. And it's just a general stability. Yeah. I don't think Noah are going to be turning up. Japanese business trends when it comes to wrestling take years to really come into effect, as we've seen with New Japan at the start of the 2010s through and now how long the kind of business trend has, has really been and how long it takes. But what it means is they're not dying. They're not going to disappear. They're still going to exist as a place for people to go and to be putting on um, shows shows around Japan and they're going to have that bit of extra exposure with DDT Universe. So, I mean, I think of this as being a really good thing and kind of the sign of what a scene should do when there's somebody coming in there with clearly like their motive is ultimately to own all of it. And rather than think, yeah, they are going to kill the business. However, I watched experience when I was nine years old. So I'm sure that counters out all other logical thoughts about how they would normally behave. Live wire, mate. Was it live wire? Yeah. Yeah, it did. So yeah, there you go. Is that as much as you want to know about the DDT cyber agent stuff? I was, I was just, looking for a, a report on the work in that Ganja promotion or whatever, as you told us about earlier. Was it called Gamma Ray or something? I don't Ganbari. Know. That's it, yeah. <laughs> Is that what you want? Look forward to a report on the work as a Gambari next well, week. Well, am, am I the cyber agent well, correspondent you could, you now? Well, you um, Eurograps, so now we've left the EU. It could be no, like, still around. Japgraps. Uh, <laughs> well, there's enough people doing it who do it so much more, so much better. No than one's doing Gambari. There's yeah. the next one. <laughs> there you go. And we'll send you. To, we'll send you to Australia. Jason Lariat. Before um, WWE take over Australia, because you know that's going to be the next move. If they can't oh, crack yeah. their way into Japan, if no one will do business with them, they'll be like, "Oh, how about Australia? We'll send you there first, JP. You can get a get a head start on them." Yeah, all right. Someone's paying for it. If it's going on the old um, Grapple account, then yeah, <laughs> that's so, where send going. me off to Melbourne. I mean, that's you know a show I want to get round and see. As well. I do know my shit about Australia yeah, yeah. to a worrying degree for no one with no 
relatives or yeah, like yeah. Uh, who are from there. But. Well, MCW have gone up on Grapple this week just for purely yeah. from the recommendations from people from that show. Is it? Am I right? Is it on the Progress On Demand? I'm sure I read that somewhere. Yes, uh, I think yes, it is. But they've got their own on demand anyway. I do want to see that. It sounds like a hell of a show from all the all the reports that have been coming in from Voices of Wrestling and the likes. I wanted to give it a proper watch, primarily for the Osprey. I think it's Dowie James match, which apparently is, is very good because he loves to go over there, kill it, and make someone a bit more of a star. But there was it was interesting. I think they've got Adam Brooks as their champion. <laughs> He's over there. He improved. I didn't see his match. He was I, there. That guy Slex was there. He was going to Ring right. of Honor. I he was sing. there. I good venue. We, Looked really good production value. Why? Yeah. But I haven't watched enough of the show. I think with Brooks, like I, I genuinely when I when I saw like his was it his Osprey match before he came over. I remember thinking yes. he had something. And even that first Osprey match over here in progress, still thinking there was something there. But he did. He shit the bed while he was over. Uh, I, I am I'm, I'm encouraged to hear that. He like, did maybe get something, mate, better. in the Stanley Arms impressed. <laughs> We'll leave it for now. We'll leave that out. I'd maybe shit the bed strong, but he, he really tried to do like the heel character thing, didn't I he? Hope and not. it didn't She'd work. have been very upset if he did. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What happens in the Stanley Arms stays in the Stanley Arms. Um... <laughs> what is this podcast? See, I, I don't, don't know, know, to be honest. I don't know anymore. I was too tired to do a format, so it's whatever people want. Um... <laughs> Just off the rails, isn't it? Sorry about that. Well, Bringing down the time. If you want to get more on tra- on topic, I wondered whether you had any thoughts on Chris Brooks versus Progress, but I don't know if you want to speak to save that on VW. I'll be I'll be honest. I'm I'm at the point where like I I think in some ways I don't have anything nice to say, and watching the shows feel like it would be a real chore. So when all that stuff happened, I just was like. And just went right. Okay, it's just an angle that's existed on Twitter for a day, and it, and it's gone. It kind of leaves me of like, and I'm still not interested fundamentally in it, so I'm not going to end up watching the show. I didn't know there was a show. There was a show. Yeah. JP told me they had a show on Sunday. Like when I got here, I was like, Oh, did the work not bring your attention to it, Joe? Did that not uh, get you going? The whole uh, Chris Brooks versus. uh... I'll make Glenn shoot stuff. No, it felt to me like it was, you know, Glenn's love of WCW again, and it felt very much like uh, Carnoir as like Jeff Jarrett, Glenn <laughs> as Russo, and Chris Brooks as Hogan. Oh no, the opposite way around with Carnoir and Brooks. It yeah. felt like Bash of the Beach 2000 on Twitter, but a far less entertaining far less interesting version of it because Jeff Jarrett's not there. So And Russo didn't give the work up in like an hour, was it? Like two hours? Was it before yeah. we admitted it? Like even so I was like, like I, was, I was just like, wow <laughs> I was reading it all going like Glenn is either this is either a shoot and the fucking idiots trying to make themselves the baby faces over Chris Brooks, or this is a work and the fucking idiots trying to make them filter baby faces against Chris Brooks. Like, all you're doing is making the promotion the heel, which is kind of what they did, as normal. Put Cara Noir in there with, or uh, Carrie Nora, as uh, Will Cooling calls him on his podcast, uh, in, a, in a in a situation as new champion when he's going, that's what he keeps calling him. Carrie Nora and uh, Eli Dragunov yeah. there to uh, Will yeah, Cooling. <laughs> A couple of um, coolingisms. He says them like in his name, like Eli. Is he, is he going for like a Jericho style, like Tony Skiavone or whatever? I think. He I is. hope so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's or, a good gimmick. Like, and I say this as a man who gets many names wrong. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like I just I forgot where I was going. Then oh yeah, like I, I just think like with 
with that, I mean, it sounds like it worked out at the weekend, but it just it was just a sign about how things are. What happened? Well, they had, they had an okay match, and it did, they didn't completely shit the bed with Karanoa or Karinora. Like, I, I was worried that it was such... Like, it was a terrible idea, but I feel like the damage could have been a lot worse. It sounds like Karanoa still got a babyface response, but to me, <clears> the entire booking of that, trying to do the work shoot thing and trying to take... Like, Chris Brooks on his leaving tour, trying to make him the heel, it just felt like another way for progress to turn their new babyface champion into a heel. We've seen it 50 million times before. This just felt like a much more expedited Russo kind of version of it. Yeah, it didn't. Do you know what? If the point of it is to get me interested, it, it didn't get me interested. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And I, that's, think, I think anything they do could get me interested. But Billy well, Evers, that, um big storyline, big work shoot. He's been suspended. That's not interesting, you know? Oh, no, he's Bill Evers, actually, according to the Cooling Podcast. Uh, that's another one. That's another Cooling. He's been what? Bill, Bill Evers. Evers. <laughs> I'm a believer. All right. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's been suspended, Joe, and he's doing the... Uh, he, I think he did like a... Oh, I can't remember what show he was on this week, but he, he did the show instead of Progress where he launched somebody into the crowd because he's a dastardly heel. Uh, problem is he's shit uh, another thing uh, Will did say in wow. the podcast listen to it pwtorch.com but yeah he's fucking crap so yeah who cares anyway yeah I, I could give less of a shit uh, about him and again it's just kind of like where there's just a disconnect and we you know we've mentioned ICW earlier on which I never had a connection with <sighs> but it, it gets to the point where you two you know big wrestling fans could be in Scotland and not even just be aware of the existence of the show that's going on. <laughs> or if you do see anything, it requires, you'll give it no more than perhaps four to five seconds, a, a glance at a post and then go, Oh, and then walk off and do perfectly nice other things around the, the city instead. Yeah. Fair enough. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, I don't know where I was going with that. The tiredness is kicking in big time. Well, we kind of got distracted from like our main point because we were talking about WWE. Uh, oh, yeah. Did you have anything on that, the whole uh, stock dump thing this week, JP, with them? Uh, I know you wanted to mention it with uh, Barris and Wilson uh, well, getting sacked by Vince and yeah, Vince's uh, brainworms uh, coming to the front again. I mean, I'd, you you managed to listen to those conference calls they have. Mm. And when I hear Barrios talk, like I'm, it's just, you're lost in a world of management speak bullshit. And all the various kind of barriosisms that go around it that that kind of do your head in. But this Thursday one is going to be absolutely fascinating because, like, the stock price, I think today was around 46. I haven't checked for any serious amount of time. It was like 100 a year ago, wasn't it? It, it was, was pushing 100 at one point when the TV deals were, were announced. Um, now it's at the point where it's 46. It went down like 26%. Um, and it's it must be something serious for that kind of that to happen. But then again, do you know what my first? Thought you've also was? got a fucking loon in there. Do you know what my first thought was? Go on. I was open. Well, no, I can't say that. Oh, I've said enough, haven't I? I was open. Are you hinting that? As someone passed away, <laughs> and, this is, the, and I, this is a stock reaction. I That's did. I was thinking. Okay. You got a bit excited. <laughs> And on the eve of the XFL as well, oh. I was like, oh, but it seems like, uh, you know, the heart's still beating at the moment. You could des- <laughs> you could describe it as that, couldn't you? Yeah. To a certain extent. Well, it's, the problem is the kind of rumours are going kind of batshit about what's actually driven the price of why this happened. It could be any one of a number of things, some of which are perfectly normal, which is the kind of 
decline in network sub um, subscriptions. The fact that the XF, you know, there's the whole XFL lawsuit about, you know, a, a, I think it's a small, I'm trying to think, somebody's paid into it. There are a collective of people have paid into it and they're quite annoyed that money's going from WWE to pay for the XFL based on how badly the XFL did last time. Quite rightly wondering why they would do this, having invested shares in them. And he's going to have to answer real questions about that. Yeah. There's things that go from kind of, the slightly more wackier end of it's to do with insider trading, which, you know, let's face it, given the fact that Donald Trump's got away with an impeachment, I think Vince is fine. They're yeah, not going to yeah. jail as long as that cunts around. Um, but at the same time, you know, it's, yeah, network subs, the fact they lose money on the house shows. So which means, you know, the house show business in and of itself, they should have killed off quite a long time ago. Give their talent a bit more time off during the week. Make the TV events something as like the times where you can only see them being on there. But nah, fuck it. We did this in the 80s, so we're sticking with it is obviously the, the plan of attack on this. So either way, it's bad news. It couldn't happen to a nicer shower of pricks, frankly. <laughs> it's bad news. You get zero fucking sympathy from me on this. He's an idiot. Like what Barrios and Wilson would have done from a business perspective in terms of the TV deals they've signed, mm. the kind of corporate sponsors they've managed to get in and move away from the Attitude Era. A lot of that stuff is kind of what they were doing around sort of the start of the 2010s of of kind of the kind of corporate image. But unfortunately, like Vince is a fucking. I don't, say he everyone calls him a genius he's just got the willingness to act like the biggest prick on earth Look, so get, he does I get the share price was great at one point they got yeah. these big deals got the money I understand that but at the same time you know what it might be for the best because I'm fed up with this shite corporate image and all the philanthropic well, fropic rubbish started around the time they mm. came along as well the stuff like Mattel having a say and the sacking of Daniel Bryan I think they were there for that as well yep all of this kind of transition into this whole corp, even like more corporate style of management around talent and stuff as well. And even around what the priorities of the company are. I can do about that stuff. Yeah, they'll probably get a couple of bods oh, in and carry on that legacy. Of course yeah, they, they will. will you know, but... Yeah. They will be under real scrutiny from shareholders. Yeah. Because yeah. oh, the, the, the questions are going to be... Of course they will. Because it's money. And yeah. because at this point, it's like he can't bullshit his way out of a 26% no. slide yeah, no, in share price. Oh, for it's going to be interesting. For all we know as well, like the the, 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 the official line's been, Vince said something about like their, their visions for the future didn't match up. And that's what terrifies me. Like what's Vince's vision By visions, did he mean visions brought on by the um, early onset <laughs> Alzheimer's I'm suffering? Yeah, because if he brings in a couple of yes men, like... I don't even know if it's a bad thing at this point, but we could genuinely fall. Like they, they, like JP mm-hmm. said, like the the big thing that that I gather from I listen to all of these dumb stock stock calls and kind of follow the wrestlingomics of the world is, is going to be like this massive reaction and the amount of money they've lost in stock and Vince's lost hundreds of million just on this dumb move is what they mm-hmm. do now to to satisfy those shareholders and make them happy with yeah. like equivalent replacements, which you know there's no news on that. And just convincing people that yeah, Vince McMahon's brain isn't rotten inside that 
80-year-old head of his, because it feels like it is, and it feels like the nutty stories we hear about Vince on creative and, you know, out of whim sacking people uh, and out of whim changing his mind every couple of minutes. It feels like that's just happened on, like, a broader corporate level. And, yeah, I don't know, nothing to give you greater joy, Joe, than if this does lead to, like, some serious crash into business. But it's it's not actually entirely out of the realm of possibility. He's literally got rid of the two highest-ranking people there who would actually, you know, genuine business minds who were part of actually running the company and all that's left behind is Vince McMahon and, and his yes man it could be really really entertaining to see what actually happens in these coming weeks and what happens on Thursday on the phone call when you know people are going to be asking questions and again there's no barrier to Vince being just cranky and slagging things off or going off script like he has in the past as oh, well it's going to be great I might, stuff. Have to li- might have to listen to this one <laughs> can't yeah. wait and, and also if the XFL debuts to Poor viewing figures, which oh, I think is also playing in that. It's on BT Sport, isn't it? Yeah, I'm, I, I, all I want it to be is another Vince Vanity project. If he's at the start oh. of it, you know, introducing the extreme football league <laughs> and is doing just like Vinceisms across it, I'll be watching oh. those bits. I'll be seeking them out, don't you? Baron worry. Corbin coming out in a crown to deliver the football or something. Like the difference that, is in the year 2000, the guys he had were genuine stars yeah. and people knew they were and they were TV personalities. If any of these guys turn up now, no one knows who they are. Well, that's like, it. who knows who Baron if, Corbin is? If I could say one thing, this was actually um, I saw this. It was it was on Reddit, but it was it was something that was linked to the Wrestle WrestleNomics as well. But just one quick point on this: five years ago on the quarter four 2014 call. Vince McMahon responded to the 2015 Royal Rumble backlash as a vocal minority and that they complain but will keep watching. Since then, Raw viewership has dropped 50% overall and dropped 60% in the 18 to 49 demo. I was one of those people that cancelled as soon as that Royal Rumble finished because I was so pissed off about the book of Daniel Bryan again and thought, fuck supporting this company at any level. I don't think I've watched Raw really since. I think that was around Mm -hmm. the time I just stopped watching Raw Mm. completely. I've never come back. I'm never coming back. I almost didn't watch the Royal Rumble last week. I didn't do this show. I may not have watched it, honestly. Um, I'm not going to be watching WrestleMania this year. I'll watch a select few matches, and you two, if we do a review of it, can just carry the heavy lifting because (laughs) you're a pair of idiots that are gluttons for punishment. Um, So I, I didn't watch all of WrestleMania last year. I was in New York last year yeah, when yeah. WrestleMania was taking place. He's never he's quite literally never getting me back while he is alive. This is the state mm. of what that company has been in since then. They've been in, I think they've been in free fall in terms of investment in the product, in terms of creative, and they've just taken their foot off the gas because they believed that the hubris that he had there mm. to say that, and he probably believed that, and yeah. he still believes it to some extent, nah. Shit's it in the fan now. It's great. Uh, it'll be fine, Joe. Edge Randy Orton at WrestleMania. That'll put butts in seats. No interest, mate. The segment was great, honest. It was really good. It was good. It was good angle. Good angle. Edge, great promo. Love Edge. Real emotion in his eyes. Orton did all right with it, I suppose. And then he did loads of stuff where he was doing it in slow motion. (laughs) And I was like, I kind of want to go to sleep. And you're really eking this out. I was watching it in bed on my (laughs) phone. I was like, can you just get on with it? I'm surprised you didn't fall asleep within your hand at that point, really. <laughs> Edge was good. Edge was very good. Orton wasn't, like, bad during the segment. It was the most interesting he'd been in years, but it's still Randy he's Orton. still Randy Orton, yeah. And yeah. is the match going to be good? Well, I, I, 
I love Edge, so you know what? I probably will end up watching it if I watch any of Mania because I love Edge. Mm. I, I but... get it. I get it a bit more now though, like because what that was our criticism last week, and I haven't heard like the likes of Mike, Mike Sam Pavivi make the point. Like, I kind of get why the match is happening because Edge probably wants to be in there with a safe pair of hands, doesn't he? Like, or or you'd want him to be. He's probably. He, well, unless he starts ranking on the chin locks for some no fucking Daniel Bryan he's not going to kill him is he da- Daniel Bryan nah, AJ true. Styles true true mm. they, they are yeah. more exciting something matches. fresh mm. and you know what I saw Matty Edwards going on about how Edge and Orton had a good match <laughs> of Vengeance 2004 I remember this that this brought to your attention <laughs> it, it was boring it was about half an hour it's boring full of rest holds like both of their characters are really confused and odd of a time. Orton's sort of in like the midst of like a, it's sort of the start of his face turn, but they haven't really turned him face there, but you can tell he's going that way. Edge's character's all over the place. Edge is still rusty because he's just sort of got back after that neck injury. I remember thinking, this is boring and it's gone way too long. And that was in 2004. I remember <laughs> the match really well. I think Edge beats him for the Intercontinental title in it. Yeah, I remember it. It's not good, Matty. What are you talking about, mate? When was the last time you watched it? I would say probably last week, knowing him. But uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. really, <laughs> he would probably. Is he worked his way through the Nexus collection yet? Yeah, I believe. I believe he's. Uh, he, he got stuck on a certain disc and hasn't got any further. But I'll, I'll double check with him. I'll find out. Um, but yeah, he, he's just a big Edge and Randy Orton fan, and I'm, a, I'm. You know, I'm an Edge fan. I'm excited. I'm happy for him that he's back. I'm gutted, like it was in the Observer last week, that uh, apparently he got this contract out of DDB because similar to Daniel Bryan, he threatened to go to AEW or threatened to go elsewhere. I suppose is a better way of putting it. Like I think he apparently had like a three million contract on the table from AEW uh, and went to Vince, and Vince basically just signed him up, signed him for the same deal with barely any dates for this year. Uh, I'm not sure exactly how many dates it is, but apparently it's less than Lesnar. Um, so at least you know AEW's come into uh, it's come in handy for something for these wrestlers um it kind of shows yeah when there's an option on the outside that uh that everybody uh does better but it does make me yeah me think oh yeah imagine that if edge are there i, I don't know if there's the, the big matches obvious matches for edge in AEW, or maybe there's not you, the emotion you put them in the inner circle for a bit that's what i would have done edge yeah yeah even jericho great they were they, they could have been the greatest tag team and never were they won the belts and i think edge got injured like a week later and they were so good together for the couple of weeks they were together okay. i mean well excited for them as a team i can't see it myself in terms no. of nah, they were, they i can see great it together. Together. being a feud but they're good mates well. as well and they had real yeah. chemistry so i think you know as a double header sort of inner circle thing with edge maybe tricking them turning mm. something like that i think there's a match with dina uh john moxley there oh I yeah, think yeah there's a match with cody there if he was there That's i think you could even do Kenny a jericho maybe. match as well yeah yeah, yeah, yeah i think yeah. you've got the canadian thing there as well with those guys i think there's stuff there i'd love if this feud for me if there was any emotion here be if you were christian if christian was still wrestling oh. randy orton i'm not going to get emotionally invested in anything he does you should throw the Saudi money at that, do Edge and Christian versus Orton and Batista. I've worked myself into a shoot now, and that's what wow. I'll say. I, I won't be watching that. Is it, oh, aren't they talking God. about possibly Mate, doing... Saudi Arabia. The last Saudi Arabia show, all I watched was a Twitter video. Someone sent me a link to it. Cain Velasquez and Brock Lesnar. <laughs> the that show before that, I that had to enough. watch that car crash of a Goldberg Undertaker match. They you, might be redoing it. You wanted me to watch it for this show. <laughs> if I can go without watching, like, if I can avoid watching lots of wrestling, I'm going to avoid it, especially if it's their shit show that they put on in an authoritarian country under an oppressive regime. What if Shane's on? Yeah. 
I'm the moralist here. What if Shane's well, it's on? Just, it's zombie. Oh, if um, Shane's on. The it. only one, the only bit I watched in the show before that was when you lot were banging on about Shane McMahon and Best of the World, and I was like, "What's going on here?" <laughs> and I watched the Shane bit and did piss myself. Not going to lie. Other than that, didn't watch, oh no, and I did punish myself by watching Shawn Michaels return to action as a bold wrestler, <laughs> and I've. I've regretted it ever since. Also hilarious. Well, apparently, um, Shane was uh, responsible for laying out the rumble. It was, Sh- it was in the it was Shane. First half. It was the weirdest, weirdest group, though. It was like Shane, Jamie Noble, Lance Storm, and Abyss. Like, that's a dream team. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's a stable. <laughs> Too fair. Abyss and Jamie Noble down is doing the post Lesnar bits. And I think, Lan- I, Lance Storm and Shane are doing the uh, first bit. Even the po- like, like we said last week, though, even the post Lesnar bit, it was laid out well. It was the individual decisions because apparently it was entirely Vince, like the last minute or so of how Drew won and, and who won and all of that stuff. It's like we said last week with, yeah. your mania, with your mania booking, no matter what plans they lay out. On the big show, Vince jumps in at the last minute and makes it the way he wants to make it. The actual structure of the show, the skeleton of it, though, the skeleton of the match, like, that's a good team, that. I think Abyss, Landstorm, Shane McMahon should work together again. I'd be, I'd be a bit fan. fan of that if they were the uh, the creative minds behind WWE. It seems also as well, I like to think that it's it's Double J pulling the strings behind Abyss. <laughs> kind of like he's, he's always done in there as well. Like, just getting him moved up in there for the point where he starts to become like a big figure in there. It'll be the figure that, you know, if it all goes wrong on this conference call, you could do a lot worse and get Double J on there to kind of deliver the news. I'm sure he'd somehow manage to wangle his way around it, ringing a bell at the New York Stock Exchange at some point, just watching in bewilderment as he manages to do that. (laughs) Aren't they getting Goldberg back in as well? Apparently he's on SmackDown next week. Yeah, and they're talking about he's either in Saudi, he's either going to be him and The Fiend or him and Undertaker (laughs) again. That sounds Which so is, bad. Yeah. Oh, well, him and I'll, I'll be watching neither, to be honest with you. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much, I mean, we should probably get into our uh, our review stuff. Is that is that it from a WWE mm. slag off point of view? We, we got it out uh, of our system for another week. One last other shy talk thing they did very quickly. Do you about the meeting they held to tell the NXT talent not to talk to the dirt sheets or try and kind of create a feud online? So basically, right. it was a dig at Riddle. For oh, yeah, apparently that was entirely a punishment. Apparently that was a Vince McMahon-led thing in the Rumble. They put him in the Rumble just to punish him and throw him out immediately. I, well, there you go. Like I said, can't spot talent a mile yeah. off. The Alzheimer's is fucking mm. him up. And the sooner he is not around. God, I'm an awful person. No, I'm not. He's an awful person. Uh, the better. Um, for the likes of Matt Riddle, who's a superstar, and can go on and do great things in this business, but we're deprived of seeing that, and he's deprived of that because of a fucking psychopath idiot who needs to fuck off at this moment in time. And you, you hear stories of, like, the idea of, what well, people there are really keen on Matt Riddle. I don't think that means anything, because fundamentally, at his core, Vince is going to be, like, stoner, no. And that's and that's going to be a stout, like, and view him as a bit mouthy for, you know, having, having a realistic opinion of himself and how good he can be. And he did a great Instagram post as well afterwards yeah. where he was, like, talking about, like, how let's the just Royal Rumble didn't go well or something. I was like, yeah, good work, man. Let, let's just hope that he's decided, right, how long have I got left on this contract? I just need to stay quiet. I'll do the smiling. I'll do, do all the bro stuff. And then out the fucking door I go <laughs> when that contract's up. Get out of the insane asylum as oh, soon as possible. Oh, God, yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? Because Matt Riddle is, I don't think he can be, I don't think you can shape him. Mm. Whereas you look at, say, how those progress guys have fallen into shape. 
Mm. And now a lot of the NXT UK guys have fallen into shape and have drunk the cool Kool-Aid and have, you know, adapted and changed all the rest of it. It's just quite refreshing to see a man like Matt Riddle goes into that insane asylum and he's Matt Riddle through and through. Good on the bloke. I think I'd be exactly the same, to be honest with you. I don't think you can tame this. <laughs> I don't, I You'd be like, if, if they drop Larry David in the WWE uh, sphere, I think that'd be your life, Joe. Yeah. Interesting you say that, because I've been compared to him on many an occasion. <laughs> Have you seen the new series, A Curb? Yeah, it's been great so far. Big fan. Oh, mate, that opening scene, I was like, oh, my God, he's living my dream. <laughs> like, him and Leon having that conversation about, like, the colour of their skin. I was like, this is great. And then when he snaps that selfie stick, oh, it was brilliant. What, what a great opening scene. I reckon uh, I could see you walking around wearing, wearing, wearing a MAGA hat so the people don't talk to you. What do you reckon? Next rep, bro. Oh. You can, you see where, can you see kind of where my inspiration has come from a lot of the time? Like, <laughs> I can mate, see I'm not yeah. going to lie. The stop and chat in Curb, when that's a thing, I have gone to such lengths to avoid stop and chats in my life before. Oh, I've when seen I it, avoid them, <laughs> I avoid them. Like, I remember seeing, like, I remember coming out of the train station once and seeing a guy I sort of vaguely knew and being like, he's going to want to stop and talk to me. Get the phone out, pretend you're having a conversation, just like pretend you're mid-conversation and just put a thumb up as you walk past worked an absolute treat and I've adopted that on so many occasions <laughs> and it's always been a winner always been a winner I've got many tactics when it comes to avoiding the stop and chat Larry is just one of the greats if you ask me and he's ballsy as well some of the yeah. shit that he takes on uh, while doing it from a liberal point of view still Yep. Um, yeah, what what a man. What a great man. The stuff with Jeff and Weinstein as well. Oh, yeah, when he oh. looks exactly like him. Oh, I was pissing about Me and my girlfriend were both pissing ourselves. Great show. Best, yeah. So if you're not watching it, watch it. Great series. Good to see it make a comeback because I thought it was done for good. Uh, but it's still one of the best things on TV. Um, but anyway, yeah, wrestling. Sorry, we should talk, we should talk reviews. Yeah. I mean, we probably talked a lot on the news because, yeah, I've been away, so I haven't seen much. You guys have seen a little bit more than me. I just want to mention briefly before we get into the Meteor maybe review. I did watch this week, and it's only going to take a minute because it's one segment, but I watched the NWA's TV from this week. If you haven't seen it, there's a Nick Aldis and Marty Scale segment everyone needs to see. It is absolutely incredible. Like Nick Aldis is somehow in the year 2020 possibly the best talker in wrestling, or at least in the top three, you know, behind like maybe a Jericho. Like he's in there though. Like he is so good. They do like this whole segment where they uh, basically they talk up the Marty being big money Marty now uh, with his new ROH contract and Marty's trying to say it's not all about the money and then Aldis kind of calls his bluff and talks Marty into when they have their title match if Marty loses he's got to pay for the tickets of everybody who's in the arena and you know oh. in real life that's a real step because Billy Corgan can pay that bill if that happens I've heard people say you guaranteed the title change I'm not sure you are I could see scale losing uh, and, and them just paying everybody's uh, refunds as as tickets go what a fucking wonderful old school angle and yeah and you're kind of hopeful for that title change too but like the performance it's like literally a sit down there's a ring in the background but there might as well not be a ring there it's pure drama it's just a seven minute conversation essentially between the two of them recorded in a realistic way there's no invisible camera it is one of the best segments I think I've seen in modern wrestling absolutely incredible fucking love Nick Aldis I don't know if uh, either of you have seen any of it have you seen it JP? I haven't seen it yet. I saw of it at the time and I've seen like kind of little extracts from it and it looks super brilliant. I think there was a point I was going to binge a bit of this stuff at, at the weekends in order to catch up. Just been really sort of busy in the, in the meantime, but it's, 
it's excellent the way they do it. It's kind of a wonderfully Southern Memphis style angle, that one, isn't it? Really, for that to work. It's kind of stuff you'd do in a world class, possibly, mm. at a, a various point. It kind of fits in perfectly with it. But yeah, the Nick Aldis story, I mean, I think he's going to mean a lot to Ring of Honor for that. And this is, there's e- there's some very easy wins that Marty has managed to do. Mm. And this feud is like a very obvious thing to go back to because they've got history of it. They've got history of it within the company. There's a longer history within them as well. I will say, do you know what's nice about about this feud and everything else? It's Marty doing a substantial feud. And when was the last time that happened? When was the last time Marty was involved in a feud where you were like, oh, this is quite intriguing. And I think this all this one is is one where it's going to end up sort of peaking interest. It's going to last a long time. It's going to go across a couple of companies. And, you know, if you're looking for a great talker, which is not something that Ring of Honor really has, does it? Mm. Does it? For a long time, they thought, great talkers, put Bully Ray out there. It's like, no, you put Nick Aldis out there and you've got a kind of level of credibility that's there, which is an incredible statement. Imagine someone told that to you Magnus. around the start the start of the decade. Oh, I've started Magnus. a binge of going through, because I haven't seen AWA, AWA, NWA in a long time. Hmm. So I've started a little bit of a catch-up where I just go through every episode and just watch Nick Aldis segments. And, you know, Nick Aldis and Rock and Roll Express segments. That's all yeah. I watch on hmm. the shows. I skip all the other stuff. And, you know, I'm watching it for Nick Aldis and for Marty, obviously, as well. Like, mm. oh, tell imagine two years ago if I'd, have, if I'd have made that statement. Yeah. It wasn't happening, was it? Yeah. No. It's fucking, it's Magnus from Gladiators. Like, how is he, wasn't it? Brutus yeah. Magnus. How is he this good? It's nuts. Uh, yeah. So I did want to, I wanted to shout that out because, yeah, it, it has been, like, one of the best things in wrestling. And, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how the, the uh, transfer it over to ROH as well. But on that note, yeah, while I was away this weekend, I could jump in on a couple of matches. But I'm guessing you guys watched the, all of the New Japan that uh, happened this weekend? Well, I, I, mate, I never watch all of the New Japan. <laughs> the amount of JP. matches on there that are completely skippable. Yeah. Why would I want? Why would I need to watch a six man that's over? You know, establishing a match later on. Why would I watch, you, JP? I didn't watch as much. I didn't watch absolutely all of it, but I did watch some of the some of the undercard action, some of the the young young lion stuff. I just cut did. the shoe leather and get to the get to the meat on them bones. I don't need the shit around the edges. But, you know, I did watch a little bit of the shit around the edges. Um, it, mm. The Moxley Akada tank against Suzuki yeah. and uh, I did see that. What a sight. And- that's another one. Tell, tell yourself that two years ago. Moxley standing next to Okada is like this dream tag team. Yeah. With an angle given to him by uh, the reason why he's wearing an eye patch and dressed like Solid oh, yeah. Snake is because he's been stabbed in the eye by Chris Jericho for a company run by... The billionaire who also Aye. owns Fulham Football Club. You'd be thinking, what the <laughs> fuck have you you on? I love saying that. all of that stuff. I love that Moxley is that committed to the bit. Like you yeah. I mean, it seems obvious a thing to do, but in wrestling it's not an obvious thing to do. Like you could have imagined another wrestler turning up to that New Japan show without an eye patch on. I love that he sticks to the gimmick and he's still sell he was doing it on the cruise as well, walking around with the eye patch on. Uh, and the New Japan commentary ended up having to sell it. Genius. Loved it. And probably partly in response to that shower where he previously worked, being against oh, doing yeah. that type of stuff. Mm. So, you know what? Good on the bloke and long may he continue doing great, adding great little touches to his storylines and his mm. wrestling to give it more meaning. Mm. I, mean, I found these two, I mean, obviously the kind of, the strange thing about these these two shows that were on over the weekend is where they kind of sit within uh, the, within this tour. Um, 
in the sense that there's kind of for me there was like sort of one match from the from the night one that I was I was particularly keen on in terms of the main event for that. Um, whilst at the same time there was a couple on the night too that that I was keen on, but really it's that big show this Sunday, the one in the Sucker Joe Hall, where they've got some like quite surprisingly big matches and quite heated matches with Moxley Suzuki, which you mentioned the interactions between them two have been brilliant. So I don't know if you've managed to catch up on those, Benno, as well, with Moxley coming through the crowd and then all of a sudden you've got Minoru Suzuki chasing him up the stairs as well. Like, really great stuff. Mm. Yeah, I love that. I, I think that's like, it's just a, a, a feud that I've all, I didn't know I wanted to see and I didn't know it was a dream feud, but like mm-hmm. it is. And just seeing them interact with each other like that and build it like they have. I'm genuinely hyped for this match next week. Well, they're kind of, I'm not saying they're mirror images of each other per se, but there's a lot of similarities around the style, but it's also a lot of similarities about how they know to work comedy, I think, as well, mm. the kind of comedy that they have done. And this is going to the backstage segment. Oh, yeah, kissing him on the head. Gave me a kiss, <laughs> kissing him on the head yeah. as well. And Suzuki's facials for that. And, and you kind of know that Suzuki can do that do that stuff as well. It's, it's something that I'm kind of, you know, very much hyped up for. And you can see that, that like the level of that when Moxley gets his teeth into an angle that he likes, like he is doing with the Jericho angle as well in the States, you can just see the level of happiness through him mm. and how much he's enjoying himself, which should be a sign to a lot of wrestlers about, look at this, look how, look how happy he is. Yeah. be knackered this week going between Huntsville, Alabama and Tokyo again, sort of, you know, for the two weekends that he's got around that AEW date. But he's having the time of his life and he's loving it and he's looking good while doing it. And yeah, more power to him. It makes me feel like it's it's one of the kind of really good, I almost think like kind of feel good stories of wrestling. Because when he was, when he initially was um, managed to, to, to leave the company when his contract was out, I wasn't necessarily optimistic about the kind of matches he'd be having and the level of involvement I'd have in them. Mm. But you know what? Pretty much every big feud he's been involved in so far since leaving I'm like yeah I'm there I'm gonna I'll watch this yeah. and he looks like he's having the time of his life as well which helps like there's been times yes. in AW where I'm looking at him going is he loving this like is he thinking oh, this, some of this shit isn't better than WWE but when you yeah. see him out in Japan it, he does look like he's in his element yeah yeah he does uh, what else were like the highlights from night one like I say I saw that um I didn't see much else from night I one I watched the junior but tag with uh, Takahashi and Dragon Lee on opposite sides. Mm. Um, yeah, that was that was good fun for what it was. Takahashi and uh, or Ryu Lee, as he's now called, mm-hmm. uh, are just kind of seamless together. And it was a tease for their match again. And yeah, just smooth sequences. Good hype for that one. Um, Ishii Evil, I watched. I was disappointed in that one. Same um, here. One of the lesser Ishii matches. I'm wondering whether Ishii is maybe breaking down a little bit. And the chair stuff is go. bollocks. As yeah, well. I don't like Evil shtick at all. Like I, I've, I've never enjoyed it really. Mm. Evil doesn't do a lot for me. They've had better matches before though, and I thought they put this one to go a little bit long. I thought maybe with a bit trimmed, it could have been a bit more of an effective match because there was a bit of a lull in the middle. Um, it was sort of laid out as your typical Ishii match, but the middle of the match wasn't as interesting as it kind of usually was. And I just wonder whether that's a problem with Evil because, I don't know, he hasn't got the same fire of what as what Ishii usually gets out of his opponents in this style of match. So it didn't actually do a lot for me, and it's not an Ishii match uh, that I'll be remembering. 
And I watched Go-O against Shingo as well, which I thought was awesome. I thought that was a really, really great match. Didn't think it was quite on the level of their G1 match last year, which I loved mm. and thought was really underrated. But this was still a very good match. I went four and a quarter on the Grapple app on this one. Um, and it's a match that I would really recommend watching, especially if you like two guys hitting each other quite hard at a, at a pace. Because mm. the pace of this one, again, yeah. it was that relentless Shingo pace, but he wrestled was a 20-minute match against a sprint. And you're like, how the hell is he keeping yeah, his yeah. pace up? Like, tell you what, that Tesco's diet that he had while he was over here in Guildford for a day. <laughs> Those meal deals. Re- yeah. Must Should really- that be the new meal deal then? Some uh, some some chicken some um, chicken with that skinless chicken. Load of some apples. Yo- some yogurts and some apples and some bottles of water. Sounds like a <laughs> shopping bag a lot of the time, mate. It does, doesn't it? That's Probably the- got yellow stickers have been reduced on as oh, well. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And a bottle of lime cordial. Yeah. Are you, are you, in there. Are you good at getting like the time, JP, that you need to be over there to get the prime yellow sticker content? Because I think that's the skill, mate. I'm awful. I'm awful. I've lost it on that. Whereas Joe, on the other hand, lives in a kind of like yellow yellow sticker mecca where I, he I, is. I wouldn't go that and far. He, 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 it's the timing can work out quite nicely. If for I get in there around seven o'clock, like when I'm on the way back from football, usually on a Tuesday night, I didn't play tonight, gym instead. Um, uh, I can get some bargains. I got once about 40 quid of a Sabbath for like, one pound fifty. It was fucking amazing. I had the last piece last week. I got it. In, <laughs> I got it in September. Like, I froze it, and it, it's lasted me a good while. I need to find another uh, good fish refill because the uh, freeze is pretty low on good quality yeah. fish that I get at a very low price. Um, yeah, I've got some proper bargains for. If I, there's, there's some stuff that I don't want, or I've, you know, I see there's a lot there. Oh, I yeah. sometimes uh, grab a bit for JP as well. Got him a few little things yeah. before. There's Bought a d- dessert for the for kids work. before as well. Oh, that yeah. cheesecake, that yeah. taste of difference cheesecake, six quid to 20p. Get in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's like, a, honestly, if you go in there, every time I go in there around that time, you get the same people there every time fighting over the food. Oh, yeah. One of the blokes. Elderly This, this old gammony bloke who tries to make jokes and have a laugh at everyone. You're like, oh, just fuck off, mate. You're here to buy cheap food. Like, we all know what we're here for. You don't need to talk about it. Look at his trolley. He's got 20p jobs in there fighting over food. He's got a taste of different steaks in there. You're thinking, like, you're like 12 quid in a steak. Like, these 20p jobs are allowing you to eat fucking luxury as well, you twat. Yeah, I, I don't agree with that necessarily. Um, but, yeah, I, I do love a bargain. Not that's, as much as JP, though. Yeah, that's true. Have you watched the Iceland documentary series yet? The talk I started. Watched, watched episode one. <laughs> what did you make of it? It's all right. <laughs> I was enjoying that the, the Iceland that was refurbished was in Rochdale. Yeah. And I was thinking oh, yeah. Andy Ogden was going to turn up any minute. Yeah. So I was disappointed I didn't see him on there. But other than that, yes. yeah. Not a promising start. Gino DeCampo on the new advertising. Uh, <laughs> on the new advert. I saw I was enjoying that. It's um, all Yeah. Now good detail in those ice and adverts where they wouldn't allow that kid to have those box fresh trainers because they didn't have their great tees enough i was enjoying that it's brilliant wow i I just like the minutiae of the people working there the the types of people who come in and out of the shops and the uh the david brent style uh son of the owner who's just uh yeah he's a character and the owner himself seems like a bit of a dickhead but we'd be better not go into that i'll need to go and watch a bit of this i think 
Yeah. Well, you like your Iceland as well. So you sh- for anyone here, you're the one who likes I'm Iceland. I'm not, but I really am not. You were in there like last week. I was in there last week. That's not a set <laughs> signal told me of a love. weeks ago that you started going to Iceland. I look in next door doing reduced meat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, fake meat Twitter at JP. The noble stuff got me through vegan January. Big fan yeah, I know. Yeah. They, they were bigging up the. It's it's kind of lost in the Cowley Centre branch of, uh, of Iceland. I'll say that much for it. Yeah. Anyway, um, what were we talking about? Shingo Goto. In some ways, you describe Iceland as possibly being evil, rather like evil in uh, LIG, who will probably end up competing with Shingo. Well, will he have a match with Shingo at some point? Try to link it from Iceland. That was That's terrible. That was, that was one of the worst segues I've ever known of. That's all right. No need to apologise. The effort's appreciated. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, as a match, I would say definitely watch this. Um, Shingo, I think, for me, is number two maybe number three in the world at the moment in terms of just his consistency uh there's no one whose matches exist like this like he wrestles a style of match as a formula down that i don't see anyone else doing in terms of combining a ridiculously relentless pace with a sort of strong style and hard hitting stuff as well and yeah he's a big game player he got the best I've seen at a Goto. Like, Goto had a good match with Kenta at the Dome. Mm-hmm. This is the best Goto match I've seen since G1. Easily. Yeah, it was a it was an excellent match. Goto's cardio is good. I mean, oh, he's, yeah, he's, he's limited energy. in these kind of matches. But to, uh, you know, he's kind of the perfect person to have in this if they give Shingo a run. But to be honest, it's not like historically they... Give people long runs with the Never title because you think of the kind of matches. One of the things they were hinting at was him versus Show. I loved their yeah, match I, from I, the best I of the was Super Really Junior. excited when they was hinted like, oh, at that. That would be good. There was a lot of talk on commentary about having him have matches with the juniors as well as a genuine open white white tie. And you're like, okay, this is good. As soon as I saw Show, a rematch with him and Osprey. I don't know if they do it over the Never. Do you reckon they would? Do you reckon they do it this early over it? Possibly. I, never know. It would depend. Say what's happening in say the summer. For example, if you yeah. did a show in London, like you, oh yeah, that'd yeah, be nice. Yeah, then Shingo singles match over Shingo here. singles match against Osprey would well be up for would that. something to be well and truly up for. Um, but obviously, it's the Ishi feud they're going for first, and I think they can get some, you know, really some good belters. belters out of that. Um, I got the impression they're turning this into the Shingo belt as well. Like I've said yeah. before about how it feels like Shingo's the guy to replace that Ishi spot on the card when Ishi starts breaking down. And it feels like me and Ghetto might be on, you know, the uh, on the same track on mm. that one, you know, great minds and all. Um, so yeah, I really hope that's true because Jesus. if you get that third from the top slot, second from the top slot on a lot of big mm. shows where you throw Shingo out there and even main events, smaller shows, yeah, we're going to get some great stuff. Um, yeah, I suppose that's kind of it for night one. I still need to clean yep. up and catch up. Based on the grapple ratings, it does sound like that main event is the the one that's worth watching. But yeah. The night two headline story, and I literally just about squeezed it in before we podcasted today. Uh, we should probably talk about it now. Uh, Osprey, Zack Sabre Jr. Solid little match they had uh, there in Japan. Quite, uh, I, I kind of, unfortunately, was spoiled on a lot of the big moments because it took me so long to, to get round to the match, but it was definitely uh, pretty much as, as good as everyone said. Uh, I went 4.25 on Grapple. I could have gone four and a half. I hear the people going five. Uh, but again, I thought it was another worthy entry into Osprey and Zach's uh, canon. I don't think 
they've got it in them to have a bad match against each other. Like, it's talking about, like, Osprey's got some great opponents, Zack Sabre Jr.'s got some great opponents, but there is something special about... I think it's, it's not just chemistry, it's just how well their styles surprisingly go together in their matches. I absolutely mm. fucking love this thing. Yeah, there is. There's, there's just the way that... <laughs> I, th- I get the impression that with a match like this, Zach is able to use his body a lot more than perhaps what he would do with some other wrestlers. So I think in in a sense, there's like the styles mesh is kind of perfect for it as well. And Osprey's always had a good like mat wrestling game. It's it's something that's kind of like a quite underrated part of it is how good an all rounder he is. Um, I I went four and a half on this. I saw it. I loved it, but I also felt like there's more to come. Mm which there really was a lot more to come and a lot quicker than what we thought. But, you know, even to the fact that New Japan feel like that they want to do something with this as a feud, like whether or not you've got the Rev Pro title belt in there, that might be neither here nor there. But I think they like the idea of these two say they're the best British wrestlers in the world and we've got them both and we've got them in this company. And I think that's something that they would like to go with. Um I loved, like, in, in terms of some of the submissions from that. There was one of them where he was going for the Stormbreaker and he turned it into a Cobra twist. Oh, out so nowhere. great. It was just, but it was, as with everything in this match, it was just done with that that kind of, like, the speed of thought, the the way that he's able to kind of transition and, and kind of, he's always adjusting the submissions as well, mm. which means they don't feel flat. Talk about Randy Orton, he's in a chin lock. He's not doing anything. He's not moving on the floor, doing anything to kind of make you think that he's wrenching on it a bit resting. tighter. Yeah. But in this, in this sense, like someone like Zach, in terms of the way that he works those submissions, there's just an element of credibility to it. And, you know, the fact that he beats Osprey by stoppage rather than submission. I think it really added something to this in, in terms of a few like where Austin it goes. Bret Hart, eh? Yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like a stoppage finish. And that. what the fuck was it he was using? I was oh, like, this is... It's yes. always something new well, with Osprey, isn't it? I reckon Black Zach loves that, that he can bend him into some weird, wonderful pretzel, as uh, Ollie Court used to say. It wasn't the Clarky Cat, which they brought up as like the name of one of the moves. Which, do you know what Clarky Cat's a reference to, Benno? No idea. Oh, the drugs episode of Brass Eye. <laughs> when Chris Morris is outside and he's trying to buy, like, he goes up to a guy at the beginning. He goes, you got any Clarky Cat? Wow. And the guy's going, what are you talking about? I don't know what you're on about. And he's just having a pop at him back, like losing it on the street. While Morris is kind of, you know, um, doesn't want his neck to explode and other stuff like that. So, yeah, took that from that. And I'm thinking it's like, you know. Stuart Lee, but obviously Chris Morris, a kind of nice little extra dimension that he likes, that he's dropping in there now in terms of names for his moves. I think it's that one. I could be wrong, though. Sorry, just on one. (laughs) Good match, though. (laughs) Great match. Yeah, to go back to the match as well. (laughs) That's pretty. I predicted beforehand that this was going to be a half-hour draw, and then they would go to the rematch. Um, and when it was it was like 25 I was thinking yeah I think it's going to draw mm-hmm. um, so it kept me kind of with it because it felt like they built the match ever so gradually as well what I'll say as well is the early work I thought was great like we said before sometimes the early work can go missing in a New Japan match mm. but I thought that just the exchanges and how fun and fluid the exchanges were and just seeing Osprey keep a pace with Zach and at times be even, I thought even better than Zach doing mm. some of this stuff it just showed you the level of a talent that 
he is and how diverse he is and how adaptable he is as a wrestler as well. Mm. And for me, that was an absolute joy to watch. And you know what? I've wanted to see this match in your call for a long time. Uh, and I'm really glad we're getting it. On this you. one, I went... I went Why? Because they've announced it on a week's notice. And those Northerners have got no chance. Carry on, though. Oh. <laughs> I, I went four and a half stars on this one. I didn't think it was their absolute best. I think the Wolfenstow mm. one is their best. Um, but yeah, it was still a top, top match. And I can't wait, like I say, for the rematch. Yeah, before I moan about that, yeah, <laughs> I'd agree. Like, I, 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 to be honest, I, I don't know if I'd have, I'd have to rewatch their matches as far as what my favourite one is. But I can I think I just love that, like you said, the story's always there. That like Osprey keeps up with Zack Saber to a point, and can even better him to a point. But like, one thing you might look at a Zack Saber match is you might look at it and say, oh, he's just going for submissions for the sake of it. It doesn't really mean anything. You know, when he's grabbing different limbs, that type of thing. But it always, the story of the match is always, eventually he's going to catch Osprey in one that's so bad that Osprey's not going to be able to get out. And it's the escalation to that point and that story that just works so well every time they tell it. And every time Osprey can't get away, even if, you know, he ups his game and he keeps up with Zack Sabre for the early exchanges and pulls up some some great flashy stuff of his own. Uh, like you said, the other... Uh, Flying Space Tiger Drop that he that he did was just absolutely the Sasuke special. Sorry, is probably a better way to put it. The 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 moon salt element of that where he was just up against the ropes as he hit it. Thought that was absolutely beautiful. I just thought everything in the match looked brilliant. The story was great in there, and yeah, it's two of the best in the world. And I am supremely jealous. If you couldn't tell uh, that that's happened hmm. in your call, and as pointed out to me today, somebody did say I can't remember who it was. Listen, if I didn't buy my ticket when LA Park was announced, I've only got myself to blame. Uh, but it is, to be honest, it is kind of like you said earlier in the show, JP. I do think there is something to the fact that maybe promoters in this country, and maybe, you know, there's there's the circumstantial reasons here. But yeah, the uh, the poor old traveling fan like me doesn't always get taken into account. Um, and yeah, there's no way, unfortunately, I'm going to be able to make this trip on nine days' notice on Valentine's Day next week. Uh, <laughs> I do really wish that, yeah, there was a, a way to announce this match earlier. It does kind of say that, yeah, on the one hand, RevPro get their their title defended on a, on a New Japan show and get a match as good as this, a world-class match for their title between two world-class Brit- Brits. But the secondary thing as well, as always, we're waiting for New Japan, so they can't announce the match until New Japan get their match out of the way and it's at the end it's for their belts as well which is just you know it's kind of like the the give and take of uh, of this relationship unfortunately I don't think there's much anyone could have done in this particular circumstance but I do have to comment on it as kind of yeah, a, a consequence of it uh, that yeah unfortunately people like me uh, with my tiny violin out are not going to be able to make it down to your goal for this one yeah, so it'd be a shame really for that one because you think of all the the York Hall shows you've been down there for, this would be one where this would get me back. Well, the only thing I would hope for an ending, a mm. proper end. Yeah, I can't see yeah. who's not going to win. And and I think they built to that with the end of this match mm-hmm. as well, and the way he came ever so close. And it's not often you get automatic rematches when someone's lost a title match. How often does that happen? Well, yeah, there was there was the in the post match stuff he was saying about how much he he respects Osprey and the rest of it, but it didn't seem mm-hmm. to lead like to a natural match. So when you messaged me and he was like, "You need to get your ticket now because they've announced this," it's like, "Yeah, I need to be on this." So picked mm-hmm. up ticket for it today as well. Um, the only issue I have is 
I'm and I'm hoping Rev Pro because the problem with this is obviously they couldn't announce the match because they had to wait till this match had taken place, which gave it then the week is getting the Rev Pro title out of that cycle well, where it's happened. involved in in sort of New Japan big shows. Well, what I'm hoping yeah, the transition is that the. the I'm hoping that this the idea is you get it onto Osprey, Osprey to star on a unification match. But and you star supposedly doing best of Super Juniors. Well, it depends then. That might make it all right. But that wouldn't be probably happening. When's best of the Super Juniors? Is it March? Or is it May? It's May. I think that. if they put the Rev Pro title on David Starr, David Starr is going to become a semi-regular, if not regular, in New Japan. Because mm. I think at this point, New Japan like having that Rev Pro out there. Quilden likes the kudos of having it on a guy who appears on New Japan shows regularly. Because it's a little bit more exposure, and he probably sees it as more credibility as well. So I'd well, be you really do get consequences like this as but well. This is you? the problem. Yeah, yeah is having do, it but... in that schedule is the thing that kind of prevents them from perhaps being able. Because you could imagine if they were able to promote this for say a month, two months. Yeah, like it would have a, the initial kind of reaction for it. I'm imagining and it, it would have that. It's Let's all remember that. Bad, but I think from a promotional perspective, that's the thing. Ideally, you want to do. We're having this big match. You want to build it up in advance rather than, say, a week in it. It's not that I'm complaining, but then I'm lucky enough to be able to go. It's uh, it's, it's still only a week. I've, I don't know. I'm not that... You're I'm not that bothered. Well, you that wouldn't bob. be, because you live down there. That's why. <laughs> I don't think... I don't, I don't know. I don't think... I don't think it makes that much difference, personally. Um, we'll see what the attendance is like, but I do think this was a And you know what? I get, I get it. I get that part of the business is our title appears on this show that's, like, mm. the second biggest show on the wrestling calendar, this is exposure on a big level that no other wrestling company is getting because no other wrestling titles outside of Rev Pro appear on New Japan shows. And then you've got Kevin Kelly who's constantly talking about and putting Rev Pro over on commentary as well. And if people have seen this match in New Japan, which is great, and they find out the rematch is nine, ten days later... Does that lead to more subscriptions? Does that lead to more interest? You know, outside of just us, potentially, and people around the world who are watching these New Japan shows. So from a larger promotional business standpoint, I, I've got to disagree with both of you. I completely get it. But I think I've always kind of been on a, I don't know, I had a different kind of perspective on the Rev Pro stuff anyway uh, than, you know, the sort of consensus sort of have um I so think, i think I you're right joe sorry i don't know i think they're all they're all positives but you've also got to take the negatives in that doing this means one you don't have full control of your own belts despite the fact it's two british guys and two you, you do come across as and i think the criticism is valid as new japan uk you come across as more of a junior promotion than a promotion in its own right because of things it's like sort of this, where it's you sort of been that for a long time, though. Yeah, and that's that's kind of the and, consequence. And I would argue yeah, I that's, that's, that's something that, that they really have needed that title belt on a lot more shores. Or, or when NXT UK started, they could have oh, really I, done I with it at those that. point. And I think that's and I think that's where the issue is that there has to come a point where they are going to need to go with someone else who. The, they're going to be able to have more regular title matches, even if they're doing other stuff. I in don't the disagree, but who? And who would you well, put Well, that's on why earlier? I would say Star. Even but, though you but, say Star is going to be a semi-regular. They elevated the Cruiserweight mm. belt, which was on Star for mm. the longest time with that. 
and then could continue that feud afterwards. I, so I don't necessarily... But I think he's going to go to Woku and they put a Southside champion yeah, so I it suggests it's going to be no, the cru- a heavyweight The cruiserweight probably is, yeah, going to go mm. to Oku. Yeah, I think so. Which makes sense. Keys. But at least then it'll be in the cycle of being around Rev Pro on cockpit shows, on the ma- on the cards in kind of the other places they're going to, like Huntingdon yeah, yeah. and Stevenage and the rest of it. I also think they need to do, have some of that with the Rev Pro title as well. So I don't necessarily disagree. But yeah. What I'm saying is they elevated the Cruiserweight belt mm. last year when Star had it to the point it was able to main event that York Cool show mm. they did Star Fantasmo last year. Mm. And a lot of the time, those matches were going on last at cockpit shows and they turned it into a, sh- a, ma- a, a belt that could main event the shows. And then mm. you had Zack Star, which was like the Super Bell. And it's a shame Zack wasn't around more. But when you can have your belt on a guy who is one of the best wrestlers in the world and is probably the second best British wrestler in the world currently as well, I do sort of get that. And I do sort of get the credibility to an outsider who sees yeah. that Zack Sabre Jr. has the belt. And also, I'm a massive mark for these guys because they're so fucking good. If I was promoting this, do I put the belt on Zack Sabre Jr. or for the sake on ha- of having the belt on a cockpit show that is already sold out or for the sake of drawing an extra 10 people in Stevenage, do I put my belt on, I don't know, Dan Maloney instead? Like, I just... Well, you would- I- but it's the overall impression as well, yeah. though, isn't it? Of like, it makes but they've Red done Pro everything feel they like can it doesn't do with matter. Zach, though. But the imp- being yeah, honest, I think Osprey, I think Osprey's going to get it. I mean, you've got mm. your belt on Will Osprey. It's Will Osprey. It's but if fine. He's not on your show, isn't it? A Japanese promotion and yeah. having the belt in Japan all the time, it still takes away from it. But what is, he's going to be there for those major he'll shows. He'll be there. So but he'll on, be there on. in Japan. How many but times he's... a year is the IWGP title defended? Right. It's I not think, the same as the Rev no, Pro title. I agree, is but it? I think what the approach is is you try to build to to the title being defended on those bigger shows I get that. where you get Osprey onto those York Hall shows, which you do maybe five times a year. So you have five title defenders a year. So that main belt becomes even more special because getting those title matches feels special. How often do we get a card of singles matches? Think about it that way as well. I think that's the approach they're going for. I honestly do. But they've had a chance to do that with Zach for the last couple of years. And they haven't haven't actually done that. And they don't feel relevant either. So the the idea that, well, now they're going to do it with Osprey, I'm like, well, when I believe it, when I see it. I agree with that. But Zach was never going to be on, like, any of the Rev Pro shows he wasn't on. So who would you have put it on? Who would have given that belt the same credibility during that time period? It's, my argument would be, is, and I can see the point you're coming from, but my point is that actually there came a point where it was the fact that it was away so much that it starts to lose something, regardless of the person no, it's I on. I don't disagree with it isn't with something that. that's actually being defended. And I can see what it is you're saying from it. I don't think it, there was anyone you could so have put it on. I think the idea... Well, that's I, on I, them, I, isn't it? That's that, you, they yeah, don't get away is, with that. We don't kind just of say, them, fair it, enough. Is on them, yeah, mm. it's, it's on them for it, for, for them to be able to do it. I mean, look, either way, it's a match... That they're that they're doing, and it's going to sell out. I'd be absolutely flabbergasted if, this, if it, does. it doesn't sell out. It's just that with the intention of like, I get the idea of wanting it on New Japan, but at the same time, there has to kind of it's almost like they have to go in with whoever they're going to have as champion. Next. They need that kind of guarantee of how many defenses because it's hard, you know, given the business decline. We, you know, on the year end special, we were we were discussing 
you know, on the BWE um, year-end special discussing whether or not they'd even be in existence in 2020. And it, I think they've actually started off 2020 quite strong. Yeah, I do as well. I think they but, probably should have put it on Osprey earlier. I think they should have had Osprey win yeah. it last year. He was going to be on the shows because Zach had the tag titles for so long as well. And then when they brought Zach over, they still booked Zach in tag matches. So I get that that was a flaw. Could have done something with Tanahashi much more with that. Yeah, yeah, I've forgotten about that as well. But then that's on what New Japan are going to do. But I think, again, that's from a marketing point of view, isn't it? I think the Rev Pro title is often used as a way to try and market the company and make it look Mm. credible to outsiders. Or, I mean, the point I've been trying to make is that over while yet there is that point and you, it's shop window and you get that you get your belt on big new japan shows there comes a point where it's such a new japan belt and it gets referred to as the in circles the iwgp british title because it feels like it that the promotion doesn't the, the, it not being on the promotion shows as much and it so much control being taken by new japan on it does make rev pro feel more irrelevant and it's that balancing act between the two that I think they need that that they're maybe not over the hill of entirely you, you know doing damage to it, but they are running close to that point where, like you say, Zack Sabre was barely on shows last year defending the belt, and it just makes you run of the mill rev pro shows on the a national world like basis. As well, feel not, Joe, let me talk. You haven't let me speak Sorry. for about ten minutes. Like it does feel like it, it it affects maybe the perception of rev pro as a promotion that matters. And it do, and I think that is the feeling like now. Like I, I, me as a person who's not based in anywhere near London or gets the Rev Pro shows, I don't feel like Rev Pro is a promotion that particularly matters on a national or international stage right now. Uh, and I think a big part of that is the fact that their shows don't hugely feel like they matter, except for when New Japan's there. And there's a balance and act of yeah, having the New Japan relationship does you know, bring in more people and does give a, a shot window to Rev Pro. But at some point, you've got to, you know, use that attention and have something that Rev Pro is itself. And I just don't think they've done a great job of that the last three years. Yeah, I agree that it could have been off Zach earlier and they should have taken a different approach with that. What I'll also say is you've got to think what has happened in the last year, over the last year and a bit. So many talents have left Rev Pro, right? So the talents that he's obviously going to put on Osprey, I think. You could have put it, this belt, on Osprey, Star, uh, or Zach over that period of time, I think, in terms of the credibility to keep that belt um, and you know aren't going to be signed a contract anytime soon, right? you also got Fantasma you could throw in there too early, okay? Um, you've almost got to put it on a guy you know isn't going to get snapped up by NXT UK and someone that you know is in another place. I think that's one of the other issues that comes with it and i'm going to get criticized of being rev joe and having like a bias towards this but i I honestly sort of get the business approach of it what i'm saying is they could have taken it off zach earlier i don't disagree with that but i get the perspective that they're sort of trying to come at this belt with in terms of how they're promoting it and the other thing i'll counter what you said there benno about it being relevant on a global or international scale or whatever I don't disagree with that necessarily, but at this point in time, when there's been a kind of general fall off in indie wrestling anyway, mm. what independent companies are credible on any sort of any sort of international scale? I don't think there really are. I think at the moment, the landscape is kind of dominated by WWE, New Japan and AEW, if anything, and independent wrestling is, you know, falling back a little bit 
from what it was previously. Mm. Like, I don't know. I'm a massive wrestling fan. I've got no inclination to watch really any independent wrestling. I really haven't because it's taken such a full back. And like you said previously, at the moment, if you invest in independent wrestling in this country, probably going to get burnt. Yeah. Uh, the only the only exception to what you're saying is like maybe OTT like they they are oh yeah 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 they I are don't, yeah I don't disagree with all rules you know when we talk about Brit Res we're talking Brit Res we're probably we only include Ireland when we want to talk positives and yeah I think they're the exception that they are managing to do something on top that's getting a worldwide buzz well point taken but I do think it's while as an overall pattern you know progress as reasons as we've as we've talked at length it, it, it's wwe rev pro's reasons for being a lot cooler is wwe but i do think you know while the new japan relationship has kept them alive in a lot of ways there are negatives to it too but yeah i think the overall point that maybe bjp are taken taken as well is just that okay yeah we can say who do they put the belt on but I also, I still think there are wrestlers out there and the wrestlers they could have built in the time they've had. They've had a long time since WWE first took their talent and RevPro haven't been perfect in putting people in the right spots and, and making people as well. Uh, that is on them. It isn't, to me, that isn't an, an overriding excuse that, that gets them out of all. I suppose they have to put it on a New Japan guy then. They are the people who are booking the promotion and they have the, I suppose they, they've had the chance over the last three years to, to do something more. Uh, but instead, you know, and there are positives to it, we get this continued New Japan relationship where they are very, very reliant. And again, like we, I think like we've all underlined there are positives and there are negatives to that. Anything yeah. more on that for uh, you guys, JP? Um, in terms of night two, what, in terms of the, the whole oh, rematch? Yeah. Oh, yeah, we were talking that, New Japan. On that. That. <laughs> I was going to say one other thing from the rematch. I'll be, I'll be bloody quick on this because I'm, 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 I'm fading quite... During that uh, during that exchange, there was points I was like, I'm I'm kind of dying a death here. <laughs> um, that's not a reflection on YouTube, by the way. It was it was the Taichi Okada main event um, was one of the things I wanted to say. Mm. Where actually it was like one of the Taichi pulls his finger out of his ass jobs, which happens on a lot more regularity. Mm. I remember banging on about a match here with Jeff Cobb to a degree where I think you went around and ended up watching it in the end, even though it was hardly like a kind of amazing match. This one I thought was actually, we had the same opinion. We spoke about it earlier on between ourselves before recording. It was a good match, but did not need to be half an hour. And they do need to do like breaking somewhat of that formula and having, if Carter's not got the belt, can we give the Akada epic a bit of a rest for a bit, please? Not every match needs to be 40 minutes. (laughs) This, the one before was half an hour and had more than earned the right to be half an hour. This did not need to be half an hour. Really, it should have been the main, I would have argued, and would have gone with Zach Ospreay as that it's would have taken. It's a card of yeah, exactly. And and it's and it's also it's you know, it's it's in Japan still at the same time. So yeah. Um I enjoyed that. I thought Gabriel Kidd, as we mentioned earlier on, I thought he had a uh Good showing against El Fantasmo, and it's you mentioned earlier on. It's good to see someone kind of betting themselves and and do that. And there's a long way to go. There's a future Rev Pro champion there, right? <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Problem solved. Yeah, Carl, get Carl Fredericks in. Yeah, get put it on sh- put it on show to Umino. What do you reckon? I think he wants to be an elite talent, doesn't he? So yeah. I think you know there might be a stepping stone with a 
cruiserweight belt or some yeah. tag belt. Have that as well. But um, I thought this card, in terms of the two days from what I saw of it, was actually quite a reason, overall, a quite reasonably easy watch. Um, And obviously, we've got the big show coming up this Sunday for it. But these were kind of quite nice little palette tasters to dive in and out and watch a few matches from and to get up to date with some of the storylines, which is really what it did. It sort of filled the gap between Wrestle Kingdom and, and now. It's kind of a lot of the stuff going on that, uh, it kind of feels like I'm much more back on track with New Japan after watching these. And actually, I have to say, overall, um, quite enthused about some of the storylines going forward. They feel a bit fresher. There's kind of, it, it's going to sound like they've kept Jay White and Sonata to its own little kind of ecosystem. So there's lots <laughs> of other more interesting matches going on I'm around. I'm just pretending that. that's Don't not happening, to be honest. Like one of them to be in there. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I've talked over a load of matches there. What about you two? I've only seen the Osprey match. You've done the work. No, have I? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I want to go to bed. I think that sums it up. Uh, yeah, remember yeah, we said we were going to go... Like he's on Taiji Okada. <laughs> <laughs> remember we said we were going to go quick on this one? Uh, we're like two yeah. hours in. <laughs> Always. Uh, so that wraps it up with you, Japan. Any, I mean, we, we probably can't go into them detail this week and it didn't feel like a TV show to go into a huge amount of detail on, but anything on AEW you want to say before we go? Obviously, we can talk. More next week. Um, do you know what? I can't even think of what happened on AEW this week. Moxley Jericho Didn't... stuff was good. Oh yeah, the Moxley Jericho stuff was was fun on that. That was the yeah, but they were in his um were they in Cleveland or they were in his hometown was like the week before. That was this week, yeah, yeah, in his hometown. That was this week. Yeah. I can't remember it, to be honest <laughs> with you. It wasn't that bad. I'm sure there was, you know, some decent stuff. And I think Adam Page was was good fun on there again, but that's it. Yeah, I, I like the the continued build to that stuff. Yeah, he did like the big save, didn't he? Um, and then disappeared. Uh, did this buckshot lariat and got off. Yeah, it was like one of the, it was probably this was some. I watched this on the train back from Edinburgh, and I probably should have picked up some New Japan instead. I kind of just wanted something easy to watch and just throw on. Um, and yeah, it really was just a a show. I would probably say. Uh, did you have any bigger thoughts, Joe? No. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, we, we'll catch up more on them next week, I think. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like lap, but, yep. yeah uh, anything else for either of you guys? Anything else you want to mention before we go? Uh, no, not really, other than you can follow me on Twitter at JPGP3Es really? and go on the Grapple app and do the ratings. Yeah, definitely. And download the Grapple app, get your ratings in. Uh, follow Grapple on Twitter at Grapple app and follow me on Twitter at Benson Richard E. And yeah, we'll be back uh, next week to chat all the usual nonsense from wrestling and uh, the reviews of the shows. And we'll go into a bit more detail on AEW and everything happening in the world of wrestling. But again, that's us for another week. We'll be back on our normal time of Monday. Like a broken needle, kid, you missing the point We dominate your conference with offense, that's no nonsense My theme song hits, get your reinforcements We strike quick with hard kicks, ducking nice sticks Bare knuckle mitts through fight pits, beat you lifeless, never survive this Get forgot like all-timers, two-faced rappers, walk away with four shiners The raw rhymer, turning legends to old-timers My incisors like a viper, biting through your one-liners New dead man ink, and we about to make you famous Taking over earth and still kicking in your anus Word life, this is basic thugonomics. This is basic thugonomics. Word life. Oh, yeah. Like a broken needle, kid, you're missing the point.